Let's go. Let's go for it. You pay for your pizza, sir. Are you recording? We are on the pizza podcast. We got a really special guest today. We got Joe Riggio from Pizza Suprema, one of the most underrated slices, in my opinion, in New York City. Um, what's going on, buddy? How are you? How are you, Nino? It's I'm, nice to see you, buddy. It's good to see you. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to state for the record that I'm very proud of you, by the way. <laughs> I know you for a long time, Nino. And you know what? I underestimated you, and I underestimated your brilliance. You're really, really a smart guy, and I'm, I'm really proud of you. You know, and I don't mean that in a condescending way. I just you, you, you've shocked us all. You're like so smart. You know, I I really appreciate that, Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've been amazing. Do you remember the first time we met? Shit, you, yeah, of course what, I remember. Tell you. me, I tell me to get about rid that. Of you. I just like, I thought you like. Uh, I said this kid's trying to steal my recipe. How do I get rid of this guy? <laughs> you know what? What was he? I remember at one point, like I vaguely remember it because it was so long ago. But I don't know if it was you or like one of your managers, but somebody brought me down. Uh, to your place to shoot a video of spinning. I was throwing. That's pizza right. That's right. Outside we, of your were, place. we were doing that. Yep. We were getting getting a little attention, and uh, and you came down and you were like, uh, you know, like the world champion pizza tosser, dough tosser. Right. And uh, and you helped us out that day. You told me where to buy the buy the pizza doughs that yeah. were the fake pizza doughs that you throw up in the air. Yeah, the throw doughs. And, and, and we bought a few of them, and then you came down and helped us. And uh, it was it was funny because I thought you were very talented, yet I thought you were, at the time, mismanaging your life, and I... I you were, you're not wrong about that. You know, I was mismanaging my life. Um, you know, I was... Uh, jumping turnstiles and stuff like that, maybe. Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, I was, uh, at that time, I was, you know, like a 21-year-old knucklehead yeah. kid. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I, I can't, yeah. it's funny because I didn't really, you know, and I, and I know you now, and I didn't see any of this in you. Like, I didn't see this, like... This guy who's got all these amazing interests and like really pursues the details of things, and I didn't see that at the time. You know, I mean, you kind of blindsided me here. Yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate that, brother. Yeah. It means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot. So let's um let's let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk yeah, about sure. um uh yeah. You know, so when did Pizza Suprema originally start? Let's start. Okay, with that. so that started up in 1964. Uh, this is way before, this is a few years, not way before, a few years before Madison Square Garden opened up. Right. And, but he knew it was coming. And, um, and it really wasn't a very nice area back in, I mean, this is before I was born. So, you know, so yeah, you got me. Wait, wait, wait hold on. No, I'm a little loud. No, yeah, like I'm really a little loud, loud. too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were kept on saying Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, um, yeah, and this, it was a very different area than it is now in those days before I was born. So, and, um, it, um, he had eventually RCA opened up around the corner or it was opened up already. And that's really where he, now it wasn't opened up. It opened up afterwards. And that's really where he made his money because we didn't get a lot of business at the time from Madison square garden when it finally opened up. 
because the main entrances were on 7th Avenue. Right, right. And there was no internet. You couldn't find the best pizza, you know, look around. There was no reviews and anything like that. And so people were going to Sparrows, you know, and that was more conveniently located. And I remember even even as a kid, I mean, I don't know if Sparrows was open at the time, but I remember being a kid and and seeing people go to Sparrows. Mm-hmm. And I tried the pizza at Sparrows, and I, I thought we were better. Oh, yeah. yeah. They used to be one, like... Uh, it's still there. I mean, they recent, COVID, I got the best of them recently, but I know... You're talking about the one on 42nd? No, the one on 7th Avenue, right across the street from Madison Square oh, Garden. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, on the yeah. corner right there. Right next to the, and the hotel's And right I used to, to see them, just like, you know, I, and, I, and I'd go, wow... This place is jamming, and they, you know, and the f- I didn't think the pizza was that good, right? You know, but, obviously, yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's you know, I mean, I mean, it's not bad, but I didn't think it was as good as ours. Yeah. So, so back then, yeah. um, like, what, what were you guys serving out of there? Like, what, very, what, yeah. yeah. What do you first remember? Was it like right, when I was a little boy? All we served was the round cheese slice, plain only. That's it. No pepperoni. No pepperoni. No you sausage. wanted pepperoni, you couldn't get it. You had to get a whole pie. Okay. Okay. And it was like, and the toppings were like very simple. Like if you look at the box of pizza and it's got the toppings on, it's got anchovy, it's got the sausage. Right. Like there's only like a few of them. You know, and it doesn't yeah. really list the full toppings that we all really have today. You know, maybe I think there's an other section now, but like. Years ago, there was only a few toppings. You had sausage, peppers, pepperoni, anchovies, extra cheese, and mushroom, right? And onions. Right. And that was it. You know what I mean? There wasn't any spinach, broccoli, you know, today we're putting burrata, fig, uh, yeah. you know. There's <laughs> All that of, stuff. There's none of that going back. So, so when... Um, yeah. Did, were most people ordering slices, or was That's there a lot it. of pies too? It, no, it was mostly a slice place. It mostly a, slice. You come in, a, you get a plain slice. It was a very serious slice shop. We were very busy back in the in the early seventies. My father would explain. No, excuse me, the late sixties. People were trying to avoid the Vietnam War in early seventies. Okay, up, up until the oil embargo hit. That's when like like things went sour. But prior to then. We had, we had, dad said to me, we would go through a lot of pies every break that the students had around the corner Mm. because everybody was avoiding the Vietnam war. So they were going like even the less, like, so it was a trade school. So if you weren't scholastically inclined, you went to a trade school, you know, and they learned to trade, you know, and which is, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and they were extremely busy. It, very, very, very busy. Doing plain cheese, pizza, nothing else. That right, right, right. No, no square, no calzone. That was it. So you, you're in Midtown. Are you going into the pizzeria with your, with your father, like as a kid, or okay, as as a ten year old kid? All right, I'll never forget the day. I always wanted to go to the pizzeria with my dad because I, I hardly saw my dad. My okay. dad used to work six, seven days a week, and I would see him sometimes. Sometimes he'd take a day off. And I, at the end of the night, I would say to him, Dad, I'll see you next week. And my mother would start to cry because she realized her reality was so sad because we used to go to school early and we didn't see our father. And by, by the time he came home from work, we were sleeping already. So I would say, I'll see you next week, Dad. And, and my dad would look and say, that's right, I'll see you next week. And my mom would just get get all emotional about it, you know, and it, it bothered her. But that was reality for us, you know. Did yeah. did did you have uh, did she have any brothers or sisters or anything like that no. that would come out? Really? No, my mother was alone here. My mother only had her sister in laws, and those are very different than your sisters. Although my, you know, I mean, 
you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, she didn't have her own sisters. I'll just say. And that. We, we, right we, does the sisters-in-laws come over at all? Not really, not really. Not really. You know, was she from the other side? My mom was from Italy. Yeah, yeah. from where? My mom I, was from uh, Sicily. Okay. At the time, my 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 father married. He went to a, a you know a small town, and, they, and he fell in love and. He Wait, he came from, uh, he went back okay, from so America. Father, All right, yeah, my, yeah, my let's unpack was, this. Okay, so let's go back to my grandfather first. Okay. Okay, so my grandfather came here in 1904. All right. All right, he was a coal miner, and he went to Illinois first. And then somehow he transferred over and came to New York. He was like one of the few, because most of the people from that town went to Illinois. You know, there's very few from the town we come from that came to New York. Yeah. He happened to come to New York, and... He saw, he had four girls at the time, okay, okay? and he, he saw things were getting bad. Like, at, he, at one point, he brought the family here. Like, like he brought, like, he had a daughter. Like, some of my aunts were born here. I mean, you wouldn't think it because they don't even speak English, you mm -hmm. know. The, the ones that were born here particularly don't speak, speak so poorly, you know. So, the, and then at one point, he went back to Italy because he saw World War II come. Oh, oh excuse me. He saw, the, he, he saw the depression, and he brought him back to Italy. Okay. okay? And um, when he was in, in Italy, prior to World War II, he 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 was coming back he, he was like sending sending money and sending food and stuff prior to world war 2 then when world war 2 broke out prior to world war 2 he uh my grandmother was pregnant with my father all right okay and and then he came my grandfather came back to america and as you know during world war 2 the italians and the americans at at one point became enemies and so there was no correspondence between my grandfather and my grandmother so my grandfather couldn't even send money couldn't send couldn't send packs of flour or whatever it was that he was previously doing he couldn't do right. it anymore so my grandmother suffered so my father was born after four girls they were trying for the boy basically it was an agrarian uh, agricultural society they yeah. were looking for the boy you know and 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 came and my father came so now it wasn't until nine years later, for the very first time in 1946, okay. that my father, because my dad was born in 1937. In Italy. In Italy. Okay. Okay. With my, grand my grandmother's in Italy with four girls and a boy, and my grandfather's here in America. They can't. And they can't communicate because right. they're enemies. American, you know, and my, he, can't, he can't provide for his family, essentially. Mm. And they saw some really bad times in Italy because of that. And then finally, when the war when the war was over, they came here in 1946, and my father met his father for the first time at the age of nine. Wow. Okay, so that's a, you know, it's, I think it's a very interesting story. He, unfortunately, he never really established a good relationship with his father because of that, and that's really sad. I think, you know, but like when people will ask me. They'll say, you know, are you first generation? Are you set? I'm really first generation Italian American. You are, yeah. You know, because although my grandfather came here, my father, you know, was born there too. So, right. You know, I speak Italian. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, you grew I, up with it in the I grew house. Up you, with my mother speaking Italian. Your mother and father were born in Italy. Correct. Yeah, both of them. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. That's 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 nuts. Yeah, so so he comes over here. He's nine years old. He's like, uh, you know old. anything Doesn't about like his? Like younger life yeah, at do. all. So basically, they come here, and they first wind up. Um, I think they go. They wind up. Oh, they wind up in Carol, like near Carroll Gardens, right there. Okay. 
like the borderline of Red Hook, where there's St. Mary by the Sea. There's this, there's this little, there's this little uh, around the corner from St. Mary. There's this little alleyway. It's like it almost looks like it was built for small people. Right. You know, like you go down in this. I, I forget the name of it right now. And and you, and that Dan, place. Okay. Dennett place, right around the corner from St. Mary by the Sea, right off. You know, go to Court Street, and you go right off of there, Dennett place. And uh, they lived there for a very short amount of time, and then they wound up moving to Bushwick, okay? And um, which I, is where we are now, for those who don't know. But he always told the story about he always told the story about him being a little boy, and going to going to a Catholic school, and the nun rejecting him. <laughs> he always told that story. Rejecting. Yeah, he felt rejected by a nun. Okay. And he felt like you know he was a scrawny, dark little boy, and and she looked like. And she gave him a look like she was grossed out by him, mm. and, and 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 the other nun looked at her, the, that nun that was giving that look, and understood that my father understood that even though he didn't speak the language, and and she and the the nun that understood his pain basically coddled him, gave, you know, said, "Come over here, this is a smart boy, this is a special boy," and made him feel. Good and welcome, yeah. you know, at that at that moment. So he always told that one story. And he also remembers telling the story about when he mispronounced Maryland because it looked like Maryland. Ah, oh, yeah, you yeah, Because yeah. I mean, that's I think that's very, you know, I think that's it's an honest you know, mistake. Yeah, I you mean, know, look uh, at, uh, like Greenwich looks like Greenwich. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, for I mean, sure. You know, if English you isn't your first Greenwich, language, and you're saying Maryland, like Greenwich to me, yeah, it still looks like Greenwich. You know, I mean, to me, that 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 yeah. means you understand like right. the phonetics, all Correct. right? But there's just weird phonetics right. in there English. Very weird phonetics. So yeah. he he remembered, like he always talked about little things like that. And he felt, you know, the la the language thing. But you know, my father eventually mastered the English language okay. to a point where. My dad's, uh, my dad's vocabulary was more extensive than mine. Wow. And he would say to me, it was funny, because my father was an avid reader, loved to read. Really? Yeah, when he had nothing to do, he read the encyclopedia. It's got to be rare for like a, Italian. an Italian immigrant yeah. from like a little my, town my poor. Like, you know what? My father was kind of a nerd. Like, my son takes after my dad. Like, it's okay to say nerd today. Right? Yeah, 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 of so course. So, like, no, I mean, it is. Because when I was growing up, it wasn't. You know, like, you know, you say nerd. It was like, I was a put down. But today, nerd is like, you know, Bill Gates. We got, you know, got some amazing so, nerds, you know. Yeah, that's who the, the girls yeah. want nerds. That's a hot thing. I don't blame them, you know. So, you know, my dad was kind of a nerd. He was a smart guy. He loved school. He wanted to be a doctor. They didn't have the money to go to medical school, you know. His friends were doctors. You know, his friends were doctors, and you know, he, my dad was a really smart, smart young man. But he happened to be brought up during a time, and and his family got caught during during the war, and it messed him up. So, know? so how does he yeah. get into the pizza business? Do you have any idea? Sure, or, I, I know, yeah. I know exactly how. Okay, so my uncle uh, Pino Pellegrino. Who's his real name? Okay. Pellegrino Valente. Okay, started the pizza business in our family, and they opened up a pizzeria on Fifth Avenue, across the street from Near God Pharmacy. Remember where Near God is? Like on 12th Street, down over. It's still there. Near God Pharmacy. Like oh, the only one that you see it was the only one. This before, before CVS's in Brooklyn came. Right. Okay. You went because there, there's it was all the light near Camel Gardens, like Fifth 1 Avenue. Twenty-four hour pharmacy in all of Brooklyn years ago, and you had to go down to Near God. Okay. Years ago, it was across the street, like on 12th Street. It's still there. It's still there. And and 
they had a pizza place across the street from there, and they did really, really well. Pellegrino. Well, excuse me. Before there, before that, they opened up together with my uncle Vinny uh, on 18th Avenue. But it's All not right. the same location that J and V is now, which is right. on 64th Street. They opened up another at another location, and then they were partners. That partnership broke up, and then they went to Valenti's on 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 12th Street and Fifth Avenue. Okay. okay? So there was J and V. My uncle Vinny. Oh, your Uncle Vinny is J&V. It's J&V, yeah. My Uncle Vinny was J&V. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, my Uncle Vinny's through marriage, though. Uncle Vinny was married to my Aunt Rosalie, my father's sister. Okay. Okay. That was one of the first pizzerias in all New York. Like, Correct. slice joints. Slice, slice joints. joints. One yeah. of the first slice places in New York City. And then and then you had... Um, and then you had, uh, what do you call it? Um, and so Pellegrino... Pellegrino was, was the one who started it, the pizza, though. Okay, it wasn't Uncle Vinny that started pizza. It was Uncle, it was Uncle Pellegrino, Uncle Pino, who had the idea for pizza because he was living here in Bushwick. I was going to say they moved to Bushwick eventually, mm-hmm. and they lived on Seventy Six George Street in Bushwick. And at one point, you know, my, the aunts got married because they got married young. They were like my aunt, my oldest aunt was fifteen when she got married. She met Pellegrino, and uh, yeah, it was quite natural. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, well, they weren't going to school. What are they waiting for? They you were, know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. You're mature. You know, you're, you're developed. You, you know, That's it. let's go. You're it's time married. for you to go. You know? So now they got the place on. All right. So J and B, and then so that- now Pellegrino saw it when he was living in Bushwick. There was a pizza place opened up, uh-huh. and across the street from wherever they were living. Okay. I told you my father lived at 76 George Street, but they wound up moving nearby, like most Italians. They, they were very tribal. They lived yeah, nearby, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, so they, uh, he saw this. He lived across the street from a pizza place, and he saw this business, like the tremendous business that they were doing. And in those days, you didn't even have pizza boxes. You stapled, you stapled the paper the, onto the, paper the cardboard the thing. Cardboard, yeah, and right. That was it, and that's how they took them out. Yeah. And it was, it was a, and he would see the tremendous business, and he said, "This is what we got to do. Right. This is this is how we. This is what we got to do. We got to open up one of these." And they did, and they got to, he got together with my uncle Vinny, Vincenzo. Uh huh. And he and they opened up on 18th Avenue, not where the J and V is located today. It was like a, it was like a different location, but same thing on 18th Avenue, yeah. like a few blocks down, and and eventually that partnership split up, and he went with someone else, and, and then Pellegrino went to 12th Street, and then my dad learned. My dad was a young man. He wanted to. He really wanted. Ed- my dad loved education, loved learning, loved schooling. He really didn't want that. He didn't want the pizza. He didn't want. He wanted something, quote unquote, better. What, what was believed to be better at the time. Sure. You know? Um, and he, so um, he tried different jobs, and he started working as a messenger for Western Union, you know? And he remembers after working for a whole week, he got his paycheck, and he bought himself a new pair of shoes because all the walking he did, he made a hole in his shoes, which, mm. whatever it was. And, yeah. And so and he just realized that basically when you're living in that corporate type of environment that he realized that you know you were just making money for them you weren't going to be making money for yourself that's how he felt at least you know i mean it's not wrong i don't think i don't think he is and and you know what climbing the corporate ladder the view's always the same you're always looking up someone else's ass you know it's you know no matter how high you climb it just seems like you know you're never really at the top you know um and that's my experience but um so at some point, he joined uh, with my uncles to learn how to make the pizza. 
And this is over at the Carroll Gardens Fifth Avenue. Yeah, well, thing. He, he he learned a little bit. He learned a little bit from my uncle Vinny, at and JMB. then he and then from 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 he didn't stay very long, and then he and then he went and opened up his first pizza place, which was it's still there. It's called Elegante's Pizza in Bay Ridge. Okay. And that was Man. who Vinny's first who place? Owned that, I just want to, like, uh, so the guys currently own that. Okay. Really wonderful people. All right. And I, t I actually go go there from time to time, and I talk to them and tell them the story. And I actually ate pizza there with my son. I explained to him this is where Grandpa owned, you know, his first pizza place. This was Grandpa's first. Oh, pizza. get out of here. Yeah. And we have pizza there. And the guys are just so warm and welcoming when, they, when I talk to them about that. You know. Right. So now they, he, he's he learning from J&B's, he's right. learning from the other place, right. and now does he go right into, or yeah, he opens he up Elegantes? and he, he, he gets a partner. Okay. And it was it was a partnership from hell. <laughs> you know, it was really bad. It know? happens. Yeah, and he had a, ba you know, a bad partner, uh, and things really didn't work out for him there at that, at that place. And uh, he went to go marry my mom in Italy and came back. And the guy says, hey, we made no money during this time. <laughs> wow. Gave him no money. He's like, he left like a few months or whatever to go get married and came back. And and it was just a good excuse. You know, like sometimes they say, you know, when you're going through something, it's like it's the worst thing that ever happened to you. But then you realize it's, it's really a blessing. And it was truly a blessing because it precipitated the breakup and it, and it forced him to move on. And he moved on and he went and opened up a pizza shop and and. And of course, the recipes developing. His pizza's changing. It changes by way of pizza men who come along and say, "I've got a better idea for you," and he tries it and he likes it or he doesn't like it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it evolves. And right. It, it's all trial and error. Yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting, and I, I, I mean, I've only recently learned this, but yeah. it's like the kind of like the. The history, at least from like the sliced pizza perspective, but I mean, really in general, yeah. um, there was no real recipes. And these guys that were getting into the business, they, they weren't trained cooks or trained pizzaiolos no. from Italy in no, any they way. They just figured it they, out. They were guys. Most of the time, I don't know that that movie, that documentary that we watched years ago. Uh, uh, it's uh, the Pizza, the American Dream, or yeah, Pizza Shop, the movie. American Dream. I love that. Yeah. Tony Oso, check yeah. it out, guys, if you've never seen it. It's a great but, movie. Yeah. Um, it kind of shows, like it shows their whole history. And th these yeah. guys, Tony Oso's father, they came from like dirt in Calabria, immigrated right. over here, right. learned the trade over here. Right. I actually, uh, I got a buddy of mine, um, uh, JP, who's he's a Neapolitan pizza guy, or JC, I mean. He's a Neapolitan pizza guy. His boys were like Michael DeLemelio. He was on the Dream Team, on the Caputo thing and everything. Right. But his kid's born and raised in Naples, born and raised in Campania somewhere. You know, yeah. I don't know exactly. But, yeah. you know, he, he he competes in the championships. He's, you know, doing the Neapolitan slap. Uh -huh. he, yeah. he speaks English, but, like, not so well. And I saw a video of him... Um, his mother was at at his place he had opened, I think, in Texas or something, and she's making a pizza, right? Right. And she's stretching like me and you. Right. Wow. And I go, really? I look at that, and I go, wow. oh, yo, I call him up. I go, JC, where, where, your you mother learned how to make pizza in New York or in America? And he's like, how you know that? I was like, because I just watched her make pizza. He's like, yeah, she used to live here in the 1960s and 70s. And, she and then pizza. moved back in, you know, the 75, but she and learned here. How to make pizza. 
Yeah, because if you see him right. even make New York pizza, he still does the, the old Napoli Don one. Yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. can't tell that. You can't make, listen, the Napoli Don's, when, uh, when I specifically, when I'm asking for a pizza man, I go, I go New York style. You have so to. Say, oh, I make up pizzas. When I hear that, I go, they don't know how to make the pizza. <laughs> not, well, it's, make, a, it's not a different thing. Style. It's a completely yeah. different style. It's a, and they it's don't a different motion. It's, it's a, a different, different motion, and the dough is not going to be worked right. You know, yeah. They, they, do the edge will be too thick and the middle will be too thin and that's no good. right yeah right a hundred percent i mean yeah. that's um i i know we've definitely talked about this before but mm -hmm. um i mean one of the major things that i'm seeing these days is like yeah. a lot of a lot of spots are opening now um where you know these kind of i don't know like hipster type of dudes mm -hmm. that are smart they're smart yeah. guys oh, they're yeah. college educated I think they put a lot of passion and, and, you know, they read a lot. They have like the knowledge of, you know, that a lot of them will learn about fermentation. Mm -hmm. They will learn all these things that like kind of the guys that taught me, like didn't really know, but I see a lot of them where they're kind of, they're self-taught yeah. and they never took the time to just be like, let me go to like New Jersey or New York or Connecticut or Long Island and learn from a guy and, and, you can, and it shows time. it's like wow you can make one really great pizza but if you get in the weeds with 50 tickets yeah. like that pizza looks different absolutely because you, what you know the listen the, the way you and i grew up and the way i grew i grew up in the pizza business and i learned the the, the nuances of pizza that make you better Okay, right. so for example, let's say you happen to have a dough that's a little crusty, you know, because it was exposed to got too skin, much air, yeah. you know. So now you you got to learn how to bring that crust in. Okay, mm -hmm. like that's one of the things. Like I'll see a, a new pizza man doesn't know how to do. Like, right. Okay, so like or like when they, you know, grind the mozzarella, it's not thick enough. You mm -hmm. have to have that grind. That grind has to be thick, right? So like, you're not gonna get taught this. In a book, a book's not going to teach you that. No, no, you know? definitely not. Well, the way you the way you handled even a gas oven, you know, the way you move the pizza and turn it in the in the oven, all these small little things, you know, are going to affect the outcome. And if and it's like that with any craft, right? You know, if you don't know the nuances, the small nuances of that craft, then you're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna miss. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you're well, gonna swing the... and you're gonna miss and in some very big ways. So I mean, you know, the Italians Americans popularized pizza. And so they they really I have to say Italian Americans are really more responsible or more are more responsible for, for pizza than the Italians themselves. I think that argument could 100% be made. And like, I'm, if we really look at the history and, and look I'm, at the popularization oh, yeah. and look how it spread, no it doubt. spread here way before it spread there. Absolutely, because, because the movies helped us spread it. So I'm going to give you an right. example. Okay, so my father, I'll give you an example to prove that. Uh -huh. When my father went to Italy to get married to my mom, my great-grandmother turned around and she looked at him. In Italian, she says, so what do you do for work, Right. Or like suspicious of this I guy. Make pizza. This, this American coming here, gonna take my granddaughter. Right. And uh, so he looked at her and says, Io faccio la pizza. I own a pizza place. I own a pizzeria. What's a pizza? She says, What's pizza? Yeah. My great grandmother didn't even know where pizza was. Right. Okay. That's how unpopular. In fact, there wasn't even a pizzeria in the town. No. Where we I, came from. Okay. I, I've been doing a lot of research on this yeah. recently, and and you would be like yeah. like. You didn't have, um, I mean, there was only a couple pizzerias 
in even in Napoli right. until and then after the war you get more right right after Absolutely. World War II. So now That's you're in the right. 1950s and 60s. And right? pizza's exploding in and America. Pizza's exploding in America. It's no in the pizza. movies. And, there, and there, all these Italian Americans are, 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 are doing Coming it. back with money. With money. Yeah. And they're, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on? You got money. We got our pizza. And they reclaimed it as their own. Yeah. Okay. So well, imagine back then, too. You yeah. got the lira. Oh, Bro, yeah. You <laughs> come back with American money back then. Even in the nineties, oh, you go back absolutely. with American money. It was great. They used, you know, it's funny because like there's a different sense of humor. I remember the the young boys. Like Americans are more genuine. So I was a, a young American boy going to Italy, and the Italian guy would look over to me and go, "Did you bring any dollars with you, huh? Did you bring yeah, like an Italian. Ni portaste dolle, the dolle. Did you bring any? You know, they didn't want the chocolates anymore that we used to bring the gums. <laughs> they wanted the dollars. Yeah, you know. And I would look at them like to say, "That's kind of weird. Like nobody in America ever asked me for my dollars. You know, but things weren't so good there." Right. You know, I mean, they were living, you know, in a different. We were in a capitalist society, and you know, I'm not gonna get there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, this is, that's what was going on, and 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 it was just a weird. It's weird because we we are the ones who popularized pizza. Yeah, know? in a lot of ways, no, it's 100 percent right. Like yeah. I always, I always get in trouble. All the all my Zipaloni friends, they always get mad at me because I always Zipaloni. say. I, I say, uh, <laughs> I say, yo, you know, pizza was invented in Napoli, but we perfected it in New York we City. Completely, and you know what? They get so mad. They get mad. They get so mad, but it's the truth, and, and they I, don't want to hear that. I've had like they I've had great Neapolitan pizzas that like I yeah. could write home about, yeah. but the vast majority of them they're soggy. You know what they tell you? They say. It's it's wet on the bottom. It's, it's supposed, supposed to, to be, be like that. that. It's not yeah. okay. Whatever. No, it's not supposed you know, to be like. That's what they do. You know do. what the bottom line is? They're using a different flour, a different oven, and we're using. You know, I mean, the the we we have, we like that char on the bottom. When you a nice New York yeah. style pizza is gonna have a nice char on the bottom, crispy, 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 soft to the middle. Correct. Don't give me a soggy pizza. I don't care. Yeah. You know, if you can't cook it right because of your flour, your oven. I remember know. a lot of these, you know, when the, I mean, the the wood-fired ovens really only, like, started kind of coming to New York. Like, I was That's there right. in the beginning of it. It That's was like, right. I want to say, like, 2004, 2005, they started coming up. Let me tell you something. I'm glad you brought this up, okay? Yeah. Because this, the whole wood-fired oven, okay, Though the wood-fired oven, the coal-fired oven, they went out of vogue, Not had nothing to do with environmentalism. Nothing. Right. People think, oh, it had to. They came. They went out of vogue because the gas oven was considered a superior oven. One hundred percent. And it replaced them because it was cleaner. Your pizza cooked more evenly, and you could the recovery time on the oven. So, in other words, you could keep throwing pizza after pizza after pizza in there, and and that oven could handle it. All right. All right. And I'm not. I'm not a spokesman for Baker's Pride or anything like that. But I'm going to tell you. I was at the New York Wine and Food Festival, okay? okay? And I was the only one, because I was the only one with a gas oven. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody else was using the the fire, the wood-fired ovens yeah, yeah. and everything, and everybody's pizzas were coming out white, okay? Right. And I used, there were a lot of people at that festival. I used this little gas oven that they gave me that Baker's Pride provided, all right? They ran a gas line for me. How sweet, right? Mm -hmm. Off the pier. And that oven cranked and that oven did great and it, i mean it had a it had a tremendous recuperation like it just 
It just recuperated. As soon as you stuck a pie in, you could put another pie right on top, and it wouldn't be. It wouldn't. It would handle it. It was just you know. You know what I'm talking. We gotta. About. No, I know exactly what we were talking about. We, we gotta like. I don't know if we should pull up this video. So I got this video of um, that uh, my friend uh, Gaetano sent me, mm -hmm. um, and it's on Brooklyn Pizza Crew. It's uh, like listed under the the. Um, it's like the history of pizza in 1963 or something like that. And what it is, is it's a corporate video, mm. um, from this guy, uh, Frank Mastro, uh -huh. who, you know, Bari, right? Uh -huh. Bari yeah. ovens on oh, the Bari. Yeah, Bari. Yeah. Okay. So Bari I have used to Bari. be, I have a Bari oven used to be Mastro. Actually, two of them I got, yeah. Bari, when it first opened, I believe in 1958 oh, or 1959, man. it was called Mastro's. Mm -hmm. Right, and because this, this guy Frank Mastro, uh -huh. and I had no idea about this history. Uh -huh. This guy Frank Mastro invented the dough retarder, the gas oven. With he he called up Blodgett. He said, "I got to invent." When this. did he invent that? I think it was '58. We'll pull up the okay, video. Because you know, the video's what's from like '61. That's great. Uh -huh. And and what it explains is it's a corporate video designed to show people like it's not like a commercial it's a corporate like 1950s we gotta find we're gonna to pull educate. it up brady's gonna find it but what he the problem was is is coal ovens back then first of all if you go to like lombardi's and all these other right. a lot of these spots the coal ovens that were there were all bread ovens like some of right. them were built underground and they were like right. it was crazy it's built into the wall now the other coal ovens that they had they were huge it was a huge expense so when this guy, Frank Mastro, who no one knows this guy's name today, because uh, Bari, um, who, who Mr. Bari is a, is a really, really good friend of mine, Frank, um, mm. his father, he, he, there's like this story where I think he was the first Italian American, like legit millionaire, his father, right? Mm. His father invented the electric cheese grater, right? Wow, and his father was also into. He had something to do with radio. Yeah, he's got it pulled up over here. But let me finish this about Frank. So, Frank, his father, you know, they they used to give the electric cheese graters. They would lease them to uh -huh. all the pork stores and all the shops, all the Italian shops. Yeah, and and then his in the fifties. Bro, no, this is in the early 1900s. 1900s. Like okay, 1910 or whatever. This is Frank's father. Okay. So Frank's father, his 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 mother, Frank's mother used to go around and they would they would collect $30, $20, whatever it was, a week. Because nobody could afford, afford how much it costs. But then they would take that money in like perpetuity and it made them wealthy. But now Frank <laughs> Um, needed Did his they own thing. For inflation? That's so yeah, funny. I mean, I don't think the money ever. I, I think they kept that collected forever. Uh, uh, um, but then Frank needed his own thing, so he saw this guy Frank Mastro. See, presented by Frank Mastro Incorporated, right. which was in the same exact location as as where uh, Bari is today. And Frank had the whole two forty Bowery, two forty Bowery, Bowery, the same okay. exact building, same exact Can location. Can I tell you a quick story about yeah. that before I go there? I remember going to the Bowery with my father when I was a little boy. Now everybody knows the Bowery as this cool little spot, right? It's kind of chic now, and people hang out Those there. Those restaurants, a plus okay. Spot. So I was, I was a little boy, and my dad would leave me in the car. You know, like when you think of like Sebastian Maniscalco and like how your father treated you was, you know, like okay. So I was in the car, and then basically I was in the car, so we wouldn't get a ticket. You understand? And he'd say, 
Keep the, lock, keep the doors locked so you keep, you push down the things, you know. And I remember the place was ri- ridden with, like, homeless people. Oh, yeah. Back then. And I remember this. I was scared, so scared, because this one guy, this one homeless guy who's, like, looking at me with these completely drunk eyes, you know. And I'm sitting outside. I remember sitting outside the, ba- the Barry, okay, yeah. and being in that car, in that hot car. Okay, in the summertime, and this guy who's got like piss all over him is coming at me, Ugh. looking at me, and I'm scared out of my wits. Not, you know, he was a homeless guy. You know, probably wasn't going to do anything. Probably too weak to to do anything to begin with. And he's going like this to me, and I'm frightened. That oh, with the he's waving the at me. He's kind of waving at me because uh. he thinks I'm a little boy and I'm kind of cute. You know, I'm in the car. Right. You know, and, and I, I couldn't wait for my father to come out. I, but like when I hear the Bowery and like and stuff, I still get like I still get the creeps. I mean, they still got a bunch of homeless shelters over you there. Know, but yeah, so Frank, sorry, he had the I whole had place set up because nobody would believe that a gas oven could do what it did. Right. So what he did was in the same location, 240 yeah. Bowery, he he invented the dough retarder, like the dough fridge that we know yeah. today with the marble top. Yeah. He invented the pizza cans that wow. we put the pizza dough in. And then he invented this gas oven, and he had the whole shop set up as, like, you could go in, they would make the dough for you, and you could work it like it was a real pizzeria, but it was a showroom. So it's like, here, make a couple pies. Oh, so they had, like, oh, wow, so that's really interesting. You'd go in and you'd make pies. So, like, a pizza guy would be like, here's how to make the pies, and they would train people how to do it and do do everything. So this shows them... um, uh, the guy who sent me this video originally, Gaetano, yeah. his father was, they did uh, the Queen's World Fair. Right. And they set up a whole makeshift pizzeria with all of his equipment, and they were making pizza. And his father was one of the pizza makers. But, yo, let's uh, let's play this. Let's pull it out full That's screen. So let's funny. just, anybody that, this is on YouTube. If you guys are listening to uh, this, like, just fast forward or whatever. But no, let's watch this. I, we're going to watch yeah, this well, thing. Let's watch it real quick. Go ahead. That's cool. We're going to fast forward a little it's bit through. This is add, our Brooklyn let, Pizza crew. You guys can find it on our YouTube add, channel. When, when you refer to the Bowery, let's say. This I'll, I'll is tell a pavilion uh. of pleasure. A palace of glass and metal erected at the New York World's Fair to introduce the pizza to citizens of this and other nations who never yet have tasted a succulent mouthful. The popularity of the pizza. So this is 1964 World's Fair. The most popular quick service restaurant on Father the Father always ground. talked about it. <laughs> a day's baking of 17-inch pies placed edge to edge 17 would extend 18. more than a mile. No matter what part of the world the pizza eater comes from, the reaction to its unique taste is always the same: complete satisfaction and unadulterated enjoyment. That's great. Watching pizza eaters at Mastro's Now you hear Pavilion, beeping and everything. This is a corporate video from Imagine you're in the, the 60s, you got to make an independent video. This is what how it was. In many parts of the country. It's funny as it's 17 Americans inch too. Have always yeah. fancied Italian food. My the story goes probably that would prefer a 17 Look, and they're showing the history of Testa, the guy who invented the margarita. That's like a little display. King Ferdinand, who ruled Naples at the time, happened to pass Testa's shop and was fascinated by the pungent odor that wafted into the street. He entered, tried one piece of pizza, and promptly invited Testa to bake pizza for the entire court. Hundreds of thousands of Italian immigrants crowding into New York at the turn of the century brought the pizza with them. 
It was Frank Mastro who was destined to bring the pizza out of the Italian settlements in New York and spread its aroma to other neighborhoods. Born in Italy, he came to this country in 1910. After serving in World War I, he sought and quickly found the opportunities America offers all men of intelligence and energy. From 1926 to 1946, That's 240 Bowery. Look, Frank 240. Mastro That's pioneered amazing. the pizza through a family-owned restaurant equipment business, supplying equipment to the few pizzerias that existed in New York City at the time. What had prevented the pizza from achieving the popularity Frank Mastro knew it deserved was the cumbersome coal-fired oven in mm. which it had to be baked. It took hours to bring the oven up to the desired high temperature and the heat was partially dissipated every time the oven door was opened. Frank Mastro reasoned that a gas-fired oven would bake evenly, could be brought to proper temperature quickly, and would maintain that temperature no matter how often the oven door was and opened. And he's right. He built a scale <laughs> model. It was compact and yet could turn out delicious pizza with greater speed than ever before. He perfected his model with the help of the engineers of the G.S. Blodgett Company, adding thermostatic controls and sealing in the heat with scientifically designed insulation. Next, he had to overcome the human factor of resistance to change. Many Italian pizzeria owners were tradition-bound. Mm -hmm. Over a period of years, he set up model pizzerias of his own. He oh, knew he had to show them in order to sell them. In them, he not only used his revolutionary gas-fired oven, but other advanced equipment he had developed to promote the cause of the pizza. Frank Mastro's faith in the pizza was not to be fully vindicated until World War II. Thousands of servicemen on leave ate pizza for the first time. Popularity came in a burst. The war over, the fame of the pizza spread across the country. The boom was on. Pizza became a naturalized word in the English language. Frank Mastro's restaurant equipment company became a busy place. That's, Son that's followed father Barry. into business. Vincent Mastro became his father's good right arm, and Frank earned the well-deserved title of the Pizza King. Since the boom began, Mastro has sold many thousands of ovens and has equipped many thousands of pizzerias through outright sale or franchise arrangement. The Mastro Pizza Catalog contains every piece of equipment needed to establish a pizzeria. Each piece designed to save space and promote efficiency. There are Mastro ovens to fit a variety of kitchen areas. Some capable of turning out a pizza every 60 seconds. Yeah. And due to years of research and experiment, Same. Mastro is able to offer dough the retarder. famous dough rater which automatically dough raider like refrigerator dough raider required for storing pizza oh, dough frank mastro incorporated supplies all the accessories required so in a well-scale pizzeria scale the, the, the sifters and strainers the food process of the mooling dough cutters yeah. and peels as well as all peels. the other important cooking utensils required for serving italian food specialties for pizzerias are but one facet of frank mastro incorporated's business a restaurant and bar equipment catalog fully covers this vital interest of the corporation. The firm designs and equips restaurants of all kinds. Bars and all that. Here, yeah, rewind this a little, or fast forward bars, a little. Catering halls. Bars. Italian restaurant dining.
I mean, with Gaetano, he's like a um, pizza god. when he said this yeah. to me and he was like, look at my father and he was on this day and blah, 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 blah. Like, I was like, because I know, I know, Fra I know the Bari family or the guys that run mm. the Bari, Frank. I mean, that's not yeah, his last name, but I've been, I've been he, he bought it off of, I guess Frank was having financial troubles and this and that. I'm going to have, I'm going to have Frank on uh, before you? he gets it. Yeah, bro. I've been friends with them since I was a kid. I used to hang out there when I was like 16 years old. They used to chase me out. Then when I was like, I don't know, I was probably like 19 when I was spinning the pizzas. I was trying to get them to buy the throw off of me and they'd be like, get out of here. What are you doing? I used to break the cows off. You got to hear how they talk. Like not, yeah. not no, just I recently, know. but, um, but yeah, he went in yeah, there, yeah. he saw the idea, yeah. you know, uh, mm -hmm. I guess he probably had some money, but he wanted to do his own thing. He wanted to be his old man. Right. So he bought this, it was already done, and he bought it, and they changed the name from Mastro's to Bari, mm -hmm. and that's it. They just, you know, and they're no, still there to they're, this they're day. They're like one of the most famous Legends. Uh, suppliers. Of, I mean, I know them since I'm a kid, and... Uh, and they were in the Bowery. Nobody, you gotta understand something. Like nobody went to the Bowery years ago. The only time you went to the Bowery was when you went by restaurant equipment. Well, if you want to go to CBGBs, go you see know, Blondie. Like that's like later on, eighties. Like, let, let me tell you something. The like years ago, there would there was actually an expression like you're gonna wind up in the Bowery. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. You're gonna be a bum. Well, they still they, have they, they the homeless, homeless shelters and everything the over there. Like bums when I was a kid. They didn't call them homeless. They weren't nice about it. You know. So you're gonna be a bum and you're gonna wind up in the Bowery. Years ago, this is what they would. This is how people talk. Years right. Ago when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. So it's it's funny how like the the only only reason why you went to the Bowery because it was such a creepy place was that you you had restaurant equipment. I mean, that's almost the only reason you go today. Like, they popped up. Like, they have Vandal. They have some clubs over there. But it's right. not nice. It's you know, they tried. No, I mean, they, got, they have, like, this, some, some apartment buildings that opened up that they, they, they created. They have yeah. a hotel. They got a couple apartments. Yeah. It, it never clicked, though, because you still have, like, giant... Um, um, shelters over there, so it's is still. Is that so? I mean, yeah. It's, I, all right. Well, there's like know. a little like uh, I mean, you modern got, it's music. It's adjacent to Soho, so it's not that. I mean, you, you know, Soho's nice, you know. I mean, listen, the properties are cheap over there, but not it's not cheap, cheap anywhere. No, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? No. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I mean, I think it's insane that like uh, you know, so if this this video, this is a corporate video from 1964, right? So. And and the research I've done means that Frank invented this yeah. in like 1958. So that wow. means there was no such thing as a sliced pizzeria before 1958. Right. And I would have thought, um, you know, there was sliced pizzerias in the 40s and blah 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 blah. But the uh, equipment wasn't invented yet, so there couldn't have been. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, there was no. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. Definitely. Yeah. So. So now when you, uh, so your father, he opens up, uh, he yeah. learns from, uh, you know, your, your uh, Pellegrino and, and Vinny. Right. Uh, he opens up at Bay Ridge. It goes sour. And then he goes um, to Myrtle Avenue. Okay. Goes to Myrtle Avenue. And there's still like, I think there's still a liquor store where Andy's. Have you heard Andy's liquor store? I don't know. Myrtle Avenue. But he opens it's right up. by Metrotech, right? Over what is there. it? Myrtle and what? 
It's like literally right across the street from the Metro Tech. Okay. Okay. Flatbush is like right near there. Right, 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 near. right, right. And like there's still a liquor store there called Andy's. And if okay. anybody's listening to this is going to know Andy's liquor store. It's been, they've been there forever. And Dad's Pizza Shop was like a door or two doors away from Andy's. And, and what year around this is this? Is in the, this is the early 60s. This, okay. is, this is like, you know, civil rights riots. Down right. over there, and that, and there was like a lot of the projects, and it was not he. They were just it was just a very difficult place to make money right. at the time. You know, there was like you know every two and three the the place was just getting smashed. The windows were getting smashed in, and you know it was just you know it was it's the sign of the times. And we you know, and he he said I got to get out of here. You know, it's just not a you know he was making more money there, believe it or not. Than he was in Bay Ridge at the time. You okay. Had, you had the Norwegians at the time in Bay Ridge, who who dominated, and they didn't really like pizza. They didn't mm. know of pizza. It wasn't something that they were familiar with. So pizza was still gaining in popularity at the time when he opened up, and he it wasn't something that you know the old Norwegians were into. Yeah, and that's a, that's, that that's an interesting thing you bring up because I I remember uh, you know when like growing up like there was like over by Flatlands and over uh, by there was like these little tiny remnants there where the community wasn't there anymore but you heard uh, stories about yeah, it yeah. like whoever heard of Norwegian yeah. like who would think and like well, I mean, Norwegian communities they had the Lutheran churches right? right they all and went they, to the Lutheran the names churches of the parks like you know like the parks were named after you know Leif Erikson and you right. Know, Right, right, right. You know. But who would have thought there was like Norwegian communities? Because even in the eighties, there was. Right. In the nineties, like right. there was still like this some holes. There was still, still yeah, 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 yeah. You know, crazy. Still, still Norwegians hanging out there and stuff. So Dad was there when it was primarily Norwegian, and they didn't appreciate pizza. You know, it wasn't something they were particularly fond of. And then he went to Myrtle Avenue, and that was mostly African American, and they they liked pizza. You know, mm. And they did well there. He really? did okay, but he had to get out of there because of the there was too much was, stuff yeah, going on. You know, where do the right thing was like a real thing, for, right? For him. You know what I mean? It was like that Spike Lee movie. You know, so he just he just was like he just wanted to make money. You know, and he just and they him and my mom eventually wound up going in their Rambler. You know, it was a beat up old uh, American Motors car. He was okay. Called, you know. You know, Chrysler was American Motors, you know, back in the day, I think. And he's always saying, don't buy American Motors, because he had a bad experience with the Rambler, you know. I'm sure that doesn't apply today. And he, and they went around, going around New York City, looking for locations to, to, to open a pizza place. And he saw this one spot, and there was a, there was literally a, uh, there was a luncheonette there. You know, right across the street from Madison Square Garden and Penn Station. But my dad always despised that particular block because what I mentioned earlier, he was a young man who would be, was a messenger working for Western Union. So he would climb the stairs of West, of the post office across oh, the street. Oh, yeah, over, yeah. And he would look that way. He would look south and go, shoot, I have to, I hope I never have to go to that block because it's so gloomy looking. They were like dingy bars. It was like, there was like, like literally six dingy bars on that block. And right. it was very skelly. It was gross, you know. What was the, the Blarney Stone? Was that there back then? I think the Blarney Stone was still there. I remember there was this star bar. And, you know, when I was a little boy, actually, Madonna lived around the corner and it was kind of gross still. My, and then my father told the story about how he saw, like, you remember Madonna living in the Star Hotel around the corner. Really? Yeah. And then 
Finally, one day he's watching TV at home and he sees her. He said, "That's the girl from the pizzeria," <laughs> you know. That's and funny. It's really funny. You know? When I was when I was uh, you know back in the day when I was uh, hanging, I mean it wasn't that long ago, but when I was hanging out on the Lower East Side a lot, like yeah. uh, you know, I had uh, I had my shop at Marine Park. And then I closed that, and then, you know, I, I used to hang out at the Lower when I was a kid because I used to, and the Bowery, because I used to go to all the punk rock shows and stuff in the East right. Village and everything. Yeah. And I um, yeah. I got a job in the Lower East Side, and I was like, this is going to be fucking great. I got an apartment over there. I was like, yeah. yo, I'm going to be hanging out with all the old old guys I used to hang out with, and it's yeah. going to be cool, and we're going to have a great time. And I start going to the bars, and... Uh, you know, it's all these hipsters from like Ohio and Colorado and stuff. And like, I, I like a couple of the bouncers from back in the day were still running the doors. So yeah. I was like, I, I was like, oh, Chucky, what's going on? Blah, yeah, blah, blah. Right, so right. I still, there's still a couple of things going on. But I, I felt like out of place. I was like being like, they didn't like me. You know what I'm saying? They, they, you, they don't you, like, you they don't like guys New from New York. I was like a unicorn in the bar. I'm like the only guy from New York. <laughs> Uh, right. I, not only New York, the only guy from like the tri-state area, even like I couldn't even That's find really a guy funny. from like Long Island or New Jersey or anything. Right. Um, That's funny. And uh, it was like when I lived in Park Slope, I was the only one but, from Brooklyn. That but you know, who was Slope. hanging out in the bars that I was hanging out with. Uh, uh, this girl Stephanie was hanging out there, and there was this um, there was this singer girl who used to perform. Um, her name was like Lady, I don't know, Fire Lady something. Oh, who knows? Yeah. But this girl, Stephanie, like, she had this crush on this guy, Luke, and she was hanging out there, and my boy Joe, uh, uh, he was working at this place, 151, and all this stuff, and Stephanie turned, uh, went off, uh, you know, she was just some girl who used to hang out, and she went off to, like, L.A., and six months later, uh, yo, remember Steph? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that girl, she, used to, she had a crush on Luke or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, 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 she used to do the stuff next door. Yeah, she's like number one on the Billboard chart. She's calling herself Lady Gaga now. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's and she really used to funny. like hang out. And she yeah. always would come back. But yeah, that's it yeah. reminded me of that, like the Madonna thing. But yeah, yeah so yeah. so now he opens up over there, and uh, so now he he opens up in this what was previously a luncheonette. So it was kind of easy to open up. You you know you know it wasn't fancy. It had a few ovens, you know, right. a few tables, and we didn't even have a dough retarder. Really? No. Were we you have, do? We didn't have a dough retarder till the 1980, 1988. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, we just used the plain because you got to remember. What'd you use? We didn't have. We didn't have the toppings. Okay. Right? So we had no. We didn't have the reason for the. So we let the dough rise on the bottom. Okay. Right? Of the of the table of a of a marble table. Oh, you had a marble table. Marble table. At least right? you had the marble, right? We had the marble. <laughs> it was a marble table, and underneath was like a like. Uh, like the steel aluminum case thing, and that's where we kept the dough in the bottom there. And actually, sometimes we didn't. I don't, the dough we actually we used to keep it on the side. I remember the pizza man just what, kind of. What did you use? What did you bottom. put the dough in? At the time that we we had these wooden casings. Wooden case, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wood cases. Yeah, the wood cases. Well, we that's what the, they used to use before we Frank Mastro have, invented and I'm the not can. Persuaded that necessarily having those wood cases was a good thing. I know you'll have the master pizza dough guys will say it's a gotta be in the wood case, otherwise it's a no good. Bullshit. You know, I remember those wood casings were disgusting. <laughs> I hated them. I, could, I couldn't wait to get rid of them. Right. You know what I mean? Like the the condensation. I mean, if you if the health department sees any sort of wood today, 
in your in your refrigerator, they'll they'll, they'll find you. Oh yeah, you know, because they're gross. And I remember being like, "This is disc- they've got to come up with a better solution to p- where you put the dough." Right. You know, because it was like get moldy and it was you know drippy and it was just terrible. But like. The old Italian, like the pizza maestro, the dough, the you know the dough guys, the master dough people, you know, would, would get like crazy if you didn't use a wood. I mean, you know. it's it's not that way anymore. Like when I started first going to like the pizza expos and yeah. meeting the guys from the other side, it was that way. It, it was, was actually it was okay. It yeah. was, yeah. and this is going back to when I'm like like yeah. in my young twenties, and then. Um, and I remember, you know, another thing I remember from back then when the Italian, they, they were saying that it's not real Neapolitan pizza um, unless you use a buffalo mozzarella. Because yeah. fresh mozzarella, which they call fior di latte, they, this is what they would say. They would say, in Italy, what you guys call mozzarella, you're not even allowed to call mozzarella by law. But now, if you go to like... Um, uh, a VPN or some kind of Neapolitan pizza school or whatever it is. Mm. They use the plastic trays. They use uh, fresh mozzarella, like fior de latte. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exclusively, that's considered yeah. the... You see, so like, things change. I'm, I'm going things to, change. I just have the to... The ideas, yeah, the stories, they change. Yeah, right. You know, these ancient like, things have been around that, you forever. Know, I know all these little silly rules that they've come up with. You know, remember, again, we Italian-Americans... The, the silly rules change a lot. I know. They, they're yeah. going to change all the time. So, which is, you know, which, which, which makes my case. Okay, I personally think all that is, is there, there are silly rules... You know, it's got to be this dough, and it's got to be this uh, cheese, and it's got to be this. All that is just stupidity made sacred. And I mean, I, it's I, actually it's actually a lot simpler than that. It's 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 money. I think it's just dumb. It's money. Yeah, probably right. Somebody who has a controlling interest and says, "Okay, I, mean, if it's I want job, you to sell my brand of flour. I want you to sell my my type of tomato, and therefore it's got to be this." Well, yeah. I mean, to yeah. an extent. I mean, if it's your business. To mm-hmm. train people this ancient recipe, right. but you got to train people all around the world in different climates and different things and this and that. Yeah. You have to standardize it as much as possible. Right. You have to make it as easy as possible. Like if you teach a guy how to, um, uh, right. it's money. You're right about. You know, I, I if you really teach a guy in Florida together. and give yeah. him a master recipe, and a guy in New York, and a guy in Dubai, right. and a guy in California, a guy in Arizona, well, no, it doesn't vary because got- the way that they teach you is you put it in these plastic things. Right, and then you stick it right in the refrigerator. You don't do a warm fermentation because if you were to do a warm fermentation, that would change based on what environment you were in and where you were. Well, it's going to change blah, blah, blah. because your water is going to change. Your water is going to be a little different, you know. So I mean, it's always going. There's going to be like some difference, Dean. You know, I got to have to. Yeah, but it's it. not going to be a difference that you're going to have to troubleshoot from environment to environment and make specific recipes for environment to environment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you do 100 percent cold fermentation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more or less the same wherever the fuck you are. Because if you make dough, you throw it right in the fridge. Uh-huh. All uh, The fridge in Dubai, the fridge in Florida, the fridge in Alaska are all 40 degrees. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, you know, that's it. Trust me, I've been around this stuff. That's what I know. I know what they're but doing. But I'm going to say something. Grande doesn't go to uh, to certain places. So, I mean, you know, you're not going to. Your pizza is always going to be different. Maybe your dough is oh, going to oh, be the same. I'm not, I'm not talking about like. You're exactly. talking about the I'm dough? I'm talking about if you're. Well, if you're trying to teach yeah. hundreds of people from all different places in the world yeah. a dough recipe. Oh, I see. You oh, you're talking about do, specifically you dough. Okay. You can't tell them um, uh, 
leave the dough out for five hours and then put it in the fridge. Right. You can't you can't tell them to use um uh wood 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 baskets or wood containers to put in the dough because where do you fucking buy the wood basket mm-hmm. in New York or Dubai? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. like an international seller for these things. Right. So you have to standardize everything, not only for like to work the same way everywhere, but to mm-hmm. work in the fact that like, what is the equipment that I buy? What oven do I get? What dough containers do I get? Well, you know what dough containers you get anywhere in the world? Plastic ones. Right. You know what I'm saying? Are so, they plastic or are they fiberglass? What are they? I mean, I, the I know. The ones we use are fiberglass. So the New York style ones that yeah. you're thinking of, that you're familiar yeah. with, they come in fiberglass yeah. or plastic. The ones, yeah. I, I've never seen fiberglass from the Neapolitan ones, but okay. they're a little bit smaller. Because I, um, I, I I know what fiberglass looks like. because They're I remember, more expensive, I, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing a Corvette get smashed up That's, when I was you know a kid. What? I haven't thought <laughs> about that fiberglass thing, uh, you know, but I, you're right, because when you go, yeah. yeah, but that probably conducts the cold better than the plastic does, right? Probably. Probably. Yeah. It gets colder Pro- than the plastic. Probably. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research that. I'm going to, we'll, we'll talk about it like That's off interesting, camera though, like right? that. I mean, the fermentation and it's funny how the like I can, I, can, I can tell what fiberglass is because it, like when I was a kid, there was this one guy who loved Corvettes where I lived, mm-hmm. and he was for some reason always getting into accidents, you know. So like his Corvettes were always smashed up, so you could actually see the fiberglass of the Corvette. So like when I see like for example the tray is getting messed up, like it's getting eaten up, I could I, I, like I, I immediately see the fiberglass from that from right, the Corvette right, right. when I was a kid. So yeah, these are the things like these are the little nuanced things that like people just don't know about. Like right. nobody knows <laughs> about the fire. Like I forgot about it until you just mentioned it, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, they were. Now, yeah, what about uh? Do you remember the oil method of what? Stretching pizza. Did you ever see this? You know what? Can I tell you something? Tell me. Okay. I made a pizza once because I had got into a fight with my dad. And I was like, I'm going to go work somewhere else. Uh-huh. Okay. And I, I, I applied for a job. I got, you know, I looked in Il Progresso and I saw this guy needed pizza. I think it was, I think it was on like, I think it was in Park Slope. Okay. okay. And I went to try to make the pizza and they made it in the oil method. Yeah, right. With no flour. And it basically, you can't even... You can't even like you can't even tw- like twist the pizza, turn no, the dough. You, can't. you, you just have to. Press it, you just have to. And it. I and yeah. I never seen this. Yeah. And I literally for the felt like I didn't like they looked at me like like I was bullshitting them that I know right, how to make right, pizza. Right, right, right. You know, like I know how to make pizza. Like, but I couldn't. No, I couldn't make pizza that way. Yeah. You know, it was this oily, and it was kind of gross. And you like you were filled with oil, and I remember getting it all over my shirt, and it's like. It was like a terrible way to work. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah. I felt humiliated, too. Well, yeah. right next to, um, I mean, inside. Was it smiling? Because I know the guys. That's, I don't think Smiling does the oil method. Smiling method. Yes, method. They I thought fucking smiling, do. I used you know? to work there. All right. I think it was smiling. Oh, actually, no. I never. I only worked there one shift because, but, bro. But they had the oil, though. They, they had the oil. the oil method there. So yeah. that nice, place nice was people. so tight. Right behind the counter. Every time I tried out, yeah, because you had to be, you had to be like they wouldn't even take you unless you were like crazy. And I was young, and I wasn't, I wasn't that good at the oil method. 
But I walked in. My buddy owns a place. My buddy Sally, he owns a place over here called Joe and John's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> young guy. He's like my age. Uh, great. He bought it off of some guy. But he uh-huh. learned how to make pizza at Roses and a few other places at Queens. Now, uh-huh. Roses and Penn Station, yeah. Yeah, they do the oil method. Do they do the oil method? They do Roses? the oil yeah. method. I think they're one of the original guys to do it, to uh-huh. invent okay. it, because they started out in the 60s. Uh-huh. And a lot of guys learned off of them and then right. went out and opened their own shops. Uh-huh. But, yeah, yeah, Roses... Um, I mean, I mean, we'd have to find the guys and fucking grab the history, which I plan on fucking doing at some point. <laughs> That's fine. But I had fucking forgot about it. And because I'd been doing, you know, wood-fired pizza right, and right, uh, right. I'm doing bread. I'm doing for so many years, for like over a decade or more than a decade, way more than a decade. Yeah. And and then I, I go to Sal or I go to Joe and John's and I see the guy Sal. I walk into the place. Uh, it's up the road. And the guy knows who I am. And the guy's like, oh, what are you doing in here? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I said, bullshit. I was like, oh, I've moved down the street. Uh, figure I'd check out who's around here. So we start talking, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, uh, and I see him making the pizza. I see him doing the oil method. And it all came back to me like a fucking rush, like a flood. And he goes, uh, I go, would you learn how to make pizza roses? And he looks back at me. He's like, how the fuck do you know this shit? <laughs> and <laughs> I remembered from when I was a kid, because when I, I got the job at Roses in Penn Station, right? Uh-huh. But I, I was with this, like, uh, 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 Albanian guy, older Albanian dude. And it was me and him. We were doing the counter. I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to make the pizza because I only knew the flour method. Right. But I, I learned. And then I remember when I finally learned, because, you know, I'm on the shift. Do, I used, Do you take it out of the can? You have to, like, you take, take it, it out, out of the, the can, can. You put the oil on the marble. Uh, uh, you press it out. And yeah. then you got to flip it and stretch it. And then you go like this. You go like now, this, and you're full of oil. Now, yo, yeah, you're completely well, full I mean, of oil. You, you know, I remember getting it all in my shirt, and it was just so. Yeah. Sal, the way he does it, there's some old man. I got to take you over here and show you these fucking right. things. They're a trip. Uh. So they make they make the screens. It's an old man that hand makes the screens out of the 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 window stuff, like the window screens. That metal, that's actually he metal. He uses that. He uses that to stitch together, so it's like floppy. So that's how Sal Sal puts the dough on there. Now roses was funny because they most places that do the oil mat they put it on a screen, not necessarily those screens, but a screen. Yeah. Um, now, I roses, mean, I have screens in my shop, and that's only sure. for, for when the pl- the pie's burning. Yeah, I'll you put, put it on, it on a screen. The, yeah, same so with just me. to prevent it. But, that's it. But roses, what they do is they do the oil method, yeah. right? And then when it's stretched, they they like put or they stretch it out, right? They stretch it out so it's about like that big, uh-huh. and then they rub flour on it. And then stretch like this, and then put it on the peel so it goes so directly on the stone. So you've got oil, you've got flour. Yep. I don't like it. But I mean, you don't have to like it, but know, it's I'm a very important. I, it's I'm a, just the reason why I'm bringing it up and the reason why I, I, you're gonna I have like a talking about dough. it is it's this. Now, when I learned how to do it, it was a big moment for me because now in my, in my career, because now... <laughs> You evolved. At, well, no, I could work anywhere now. Oh, sure. Because when That's I'm walking right. around, I used to walk, you know, if I wasn't going to the Americanology into the classifieds to find a job, bro, I used to fucking just walk around Brooklyn and Manhattan and, and just, yo, you need a pizza guy? No. Need a pizza guy? No. And just go from place to place. How and that's easy how was it for you job. to find a job back in the a day? A couple days. 
Would it take a couple? Would it take two days? Just walking around, walking around, just stopping. Walking around. Yo, is a boss here? You guys see it? I'm a pizza guy. You need one? Oh, that's okay. how. That's how you did it. You Let me make a pizza. So you you're looked in the OG, not. and if it didn't work out in the OG, yeah, you just walked around. I didn't even know about the OG until I was. I didn't even know there was pizza jobs in the OG until I was. Does the I OG say like twenty? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, does the OG still work? All right, put it this way. The OG way. has like old ads, am I right? Like a lot of, no, I shouldn't say that. This you is know? what, the, I'm going to tell you the secret to hiring pizza guys or kitchen guys or whatever, like real workers in in, in New York City or in New Jersey. Yeah. All right, here's what it is. Uh -huh. American OG costs $150 for the whole month, Yeah. right? Yeah. Compare, now, El Diario, which is where you get real guys from, cost uh -huh. like $250 or $300 for three days. Right? right, so you get thirty days for one hundred fifty in the OG, and you get three days in El Diario because El Diario knows that's where you're gonna get really real guys. So they charge you for it. Now, American OG. I use Craigslist now. I mean, uh, I use Craigslist. I, I get a lot of problems with Craigslist. Do you but, have a problem? Oh, with so, probably, do you put that in uh, English or Spanish? I keep it in English. You keep it in English. Yeah. Now, do you have a problem with that? I, I mean, I get, I, I get, you don't get yo yos. Any, you, get, you get yo yos. With I get that. yo yos. Yo yos call my phone. Hey, uh, I know. I never I made know. pizza in my life. I'm you mind if I learn? Yeah. You mind if I learn? Teach me. Yeah. At that time. You know, but, I found that. I, but, yeah. Go ahead. But what American OG will get you yeah. is you'll get these guys. You'll get like a lot of older Italian guys uh. who. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be your Friday night main guy. Oh, but, like, these guys, a lot of them are retired. They have some they sort of income. They want to have a couple, yeah. Dude, bro, they want a couple days. And the guy, if you call him up, if you're like, hey, Vinny. Uh, Whoa, I need bro, I, this guy didn't show up. Can you, I'll Whoa, be there in 30 be, minutes. They're old school. You'll yeah. find them in there. But right. that's what you're going to find for you're the most gonna, part. You're not going to get the Once guy. Once in a while, you'll get some 22-year-old uh, fresh off the boat uh, Neapolitan kid Who you can teach quickly And who will fucking learn And bust his ass Like I take those I mean now with the With the way that the workforce is I'll take those fucking Italian kids That that What we were talking about Before years ago Do you know um, You know You would say like Oh do you do it Wood fight Or do you do New York style Because I need you to do New They're York style tell you wood I'll, I'll teach those guys To do New You'll York teach style them? Now okay. I will Why you, you know because there's no guys out there. You probably got guys that been with you 15 yeah, years, we'll, yeah, and they're we'll not going yeah, anywhere, yeah, right, bro? Get it, get into a place where you, that's not the case. Yeah. And, and trust me, you'll start teaching yeah. them too. You know, it's not like what, it used to be. I don't know be. what these guys do. Like, for bro, example. there's not 10 guys lining up for a pizza job anymore. It's no. not like that anymore. No. You know what a shitty pizza guy gets paid in New York now? What? 19, 20 bucks an hour. Really, bro? All day. Really? Bro, because the, if the minimum wage is $15 yeah. an hour, how are you going to pay a guy who knows what he's doing anything less than 19 It doesn't right. work. I know. I'm at, I mean, if the dishwasher is making 15 I know. Much, you're right. If the counter guy that doesn't yeah. know how much do you pay the pizza maker? You're right. He's got to be making way more. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. Sure. That's what it is. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah. All right, yeah. we keep on, we keep on we veering off. Yeah, we We're never gonna get a okay. And we get digress. To my story. Oh my god, my fucking headphones have fallen off. Jesus Christ. So um, so yeah. So now he opens up in Penn Station. Is that where? So we're now at? we open up in Penn by Penn Station. You know, and we went through the Madonna thing. We went through shitty. the Madonna but before before Madonna. I mean, there's some, there's some. I mean, yeah. Okay, so it takes a little while before it builds, and it builds with the with the RCA. 
RCA was around the corner. Yeah. Wait, so RCA is the record company, or was that like a store? No. no. Was you know, that like TCI, Empire Records? What became TCI, Technical Career Institute, it was like an air conditioner. It was a school that, that made. Oh, yeah. You were mentioning this before. It was a technical school that yeah. taught like it became, what, RC, it became TCI afterwards. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. That still isn't. It's not TCI anymore. It became Toro, Institute. Toro College now. Toro, okay. Okay. okay it became Toro College. Okay. And, um, and from there, that's where that's where he that's where he was doing making his money from. Okay. It wasn't made, you know, like we made more money with the Rangers than we did with the Knicks because the Knicks kind of sucked back in those days. Right. And so, like, you really didn't have a Knicks fan, you know, so they didn't know where to get. Like, you know, the Rangers knew where to get good pizza because they would been around. You know, right. they, they had, the, Knicks, the Rangers were always good, you know. So, like, when you got a Ranger game, we knew we were busier than we had a Knicks game because the, the Ranger fans were more of a loyal fan because it was a better team and they discovered us, you know what I mean? Right. They would go regularly. I have Ranger fans that have been with us forever. Wow. You know, like for a really long time, you know, and but like Nick fans are more recent, you okay. know, because the Knicks just weren't good. What about know? what about the post office? You know, you got like a lot. We of got yes, that. we got a lot of customers from the post office. We had a lot of postal employees at the time. I remember for some reason I don't know why, but like a lot of the postal employees back in the day were like they had like like a paper bag over a can of beer. That's how I remember the postal really? employee. Yeah, that's always how I remember the postal employee walking around with a paper bag over a can of beer and literally walking around with it and drinking it. All right, so I, I just always remember the postal employee like that. It must be a bad job being working for the post office for some reason. I always felt that the postal employee was just not happy, you know. And I and I'm, I've seen a lot of them. I mean, going postal. Who going was postal, I? I was, right. I was, he's going postal. Yeah. What's his name? Somebody, some like talk show guy was just talking about that the other day on yeah. something that I was listening to, where they were like, they were saying. Uh, uh, how like that used to be uh, like I mean I yeah, grew up going with that postal. going postal yeah. I don't think kids know what that means no, anymore going postal meant you were right? just losing Dude. your I mean, I do. you know, you know okay. you're, you're, you're kind of yeah. like you're a fucking film nerd you know a lot of shit that kids you're yeah. in but I'm talking about yeah. like five years younger than you they probably don't know what that term that probably don't know what that term is. It was even in a all. video game. Like once oh, it was a part of our uh, it was vernacular. language. Yeah, it was a vernacular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It became like standard yeah, English language in the 90s. Him out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. going crazy. He's going out. nuts. He's just bugging out. You know why? You know why? You know why? Uh, you know why they used? To, you know why postmen used to? They go crazy. The mail never stops. That's right. Just it never ends. Coming. It just keeps going. Yeah. yeah there's no you know, finish, finish the you know, job. I mean, you I, build something. And I have a lot of you them. You build a table. You're done building the table. You know It what just I mean? keeps coming, the, right? The mail just keeps coming. It doesn't stop. And I have a lot you of know, them with my Newman friends. Nice that. people. A lot of them. I, sh I don't want to you know, put them all in one group. I know I have a <laughs> no. lot of really good friends that were at the post. No, we're, we're, we, post we like the post guys. We like the post yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, come on. Shout out to Mr. Alaco. Shout out to Mr. Alaco. Um... So, yeah, so you guys are doing that. Now, what, like, I, I mean, I don't know this. Maybe you do. Like, were you guys using, was it Grande cheese from the beginning? No, like, how was, long it was it? Grande actually, you know, Grande, Grande's been around for a long time, but it wasn't Grande. It was Palio. Palio was making a good cheese back in the day. Okay. You know, they were making a really delicious but that cheese. Was, that was, that was like, it was kind of standard. Shirt. 
Yeah, it was a low moisture. So when you guys milk. opened, it wasn't like you weren't using fresh mozzarella. You were buying low we moisture not, First cheese. of all, fresh mozzarella is, is not really that fresh anyway. You know, we all know that, right? Semantics, but. Right, it's not. You oh, know? No. Uh, so we, nobody used that. You always oh, used, no. We always used that the yellow, the provolone mozzarella, yeah, yeah. that, you know, that, 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 in my opinion, is way more delicious than. Low that. moisture mozzarella. Right. Yeah. It's, it's way more delicious than that. that the other stuff um and we used polio and then and then we used grande afterwards when when, we, when do you think you made the switch 80s or 90s 80s 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 we used the, we started using the grande and what was around for like tomatoes back in the day was it stana sauce or was it other stuff stana sauce is a company that makes like ultra i know, what oh, okay, okay. Is. I know yeah are you kidding me the stana sauce people love me um i you know i think you know, Stanislaus has been around for so long. And, you know, I don't think my dad became loyal to a particular brand for a while. Okay. Because right. I remember there was a guy named Danny Panarello. Do you remember Danny Panarello? Mm. Okay. Danny Panarello was a big, heavy set man. Okay? okay. And he'd come over my house. I was a little boy. And he'd come over and he'd bring two cans of tomatoes. Right. Uh -huh. And he'd say, and, he, and when I say heavy, Danny was heavy. Danny could barely sit in the chair, you know, and he would. Wait, open was up. he part of like the street crew with Stanislaus? <laughs> you know what? Danny was his own crew. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. I, Danny, I, I Danny was just talking to Steve Rouse, the marketing director. Had, he always had like the cheapest tomato, like, but they were great. Yeah, like, but but Danny somehow got him, and you know they must. You don't know how he got him, you know. <laughs> so so like he comes over to my house. He's got to sell my father like all these tomatoes because Sal had a big place you could you could stock them you yeah. know so he says sal you gotta buy these tomatoes and you go they're beautiful they're beautiful right so he'd open them up open up a can and he and he just and he'd eat the tomato right out of the can and i'd watch him and you know what i learned that's the way you got to try the tomato yeah that's how you got to try to see if the tomato is sweeter than the other tomato. Mm -hmm. So I've done, I've done these other fancy tomatoes. I, I, I know everybody talks about the sandwichano, and I'm not a big fan. I mean, they're all fugazi. Ninety-five percent of the ones completely are fugazi. Yeah. It's. I always say this. It's. It's impossible for them to produce the amount of tomatoes. I did, I forget what the number is. We were just so, talking about this with somebody. It's but so fake. It, so like every time I hear somebody say this, oh, you've got to use the Santa Marzano. It's right? like there's 80,000 okay. tons in America. The the worldwide production is only 30 tons or yeah. something like that. Okay, it's something so put, crazy. Put the, put the San Marzano's up against the good Stanislaus California tomato. Mm. And by the way, we all know that tomatoes, we, to, we you know, don't come from they don't come from Italy. Tomato, tomatoes originate from originate from Central America. It's true. All right. So now he, Danny Panarello, because Sal, they're beautiful. He's got this double chin that's shaking, right? Because he's got to sell these tomatoes, and he's got to get rid of them. He got to somehow switch, and he go delicious. And he eat not just one, but another one in his mouth. And I look at this and say, Oh my God, that's so gross. I'm little, you know. I'm like looking at. And he go, all right, Danny. Well, you know, because my father was very, you know, he's very shrewd. He say, he say, well, what do you want for them, you know? And and I remember him giving him a great price, and he you know tell him to give me a give me a hundred cases or whatever, two hundred, whatever. And what was he having to try? Like the was Altucchini even around back then? No, they're all different things, no. right? I remember flotta pizza sauce. Do you remember flotta? 
Flota. No. You don't remember Flota. I remember. You know what I remember from when I, I was a kid? To use Flota. There was something called was whatever, like, you know, it there was, was a it was cow no- called Luigi's that was like an Italian tomato that was like an $18 a case, real generic, like real. It was an imported Italian tomato. Oh, yeah. I so mean, yeah, I remember. I mean, at, the t- at the time, I remember dad used a lot of, he used Italian tomatoes and they, you know, and they would say, oh, you got to use a this or tomato because there's a lesser seeds and the seeds are too bitter. You don't want a summer thing with the too much of seeds. I've heard you, it all. You, you heard all that stuff, right? Oh, you know. Yeah. So I used to know a guy, and, and Dino, now, yeah. who used to run all of his tomatoes through, uh, you know, the, the the machines that are like they're, they're one to three horsepower that you use to make the oh yeah the whole the ones that you use yeah. where, where the where the harvest comes in yeah so those things take the seeds out oh wow you know what i mean yeah. so this guy dino was like he used to he had one of those that he would pour the tomatoes into and he would be like he was saying something he used to tell me something like the seeds kill you and they make the tomato bitter they make the tomato bitter was always the one why you the reason why you know using the blender was it because of the blender crush the seeds yep. and the seeds make it bitter right yeah. this is what we were taught right but and that's why you had the 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 the, the what do you call it? what do you call the, it? I, I used to call it a mooly. I don't right? know whatever it was. It's like, like a food mill. Yeah, the thing it went like this, and that's that. probably why they said oh, because it's did. a mill. It was probably not, Italian it, American it say, trying it, to say mill, and they were like millie, Yeah. That's what guys would like call sh- it. Yeah, I, no, actually, I, you know, I, I call a calendar a calendar. If you go to, go to if you go to Bowery <laughs> and you buy a uh, Bowery, I know you buy one. I think it says Mooly on the box. That's that they so sell. funny. Like I didn't know how to say ladle until like you know a few years ago. I go, you know, Cupino. <laughs> what is it? No, it's the wrong size. Give me the other one. Give me the other one. So. Yeah. So what? Um, so now your father gets his place. He's busted his ass. You don't fucking see your father. Never see him. You never see I him. Never your see mother. Him. Your mother's and, upset. And my what, what the hell's upset. going on with, with you? I'm very little. What's happening with little Joe? So and now teenager I'm like, Joe? No, I'm like eight. No, I, no, this is not. Dad then came later on. He cooled out. He started doing well, but like he, he wasn't working that that many hours. You know, that many days. So I'm little and I'm playing in the backyard, the the back. We called it the back. There was an alleyway because there was a, there was a, there were these garden apartments and we used to live in live in the houses and then there were the garden apartments. The people who lived in the garden apartments. I used to play with the kids from the garden apartments, and we used to play all kinds of games. And we play one game was Skelly. Did you know what Skelly is? Uh. Uh-uh. Okay, Skelly is where you get a bottle cap and you put. And you put you melt crayon into it, different color crayon in each one. Okay. And you like you literally go on the floor and you have to like and you number these boxes, one, two, three, four, five, and you got to go you know, one, two, four, five. Like, and it's interesting. You have to get whoever gets to the last one first wins, right? And you had to get it in the box, you know. But you yeah. draw the box. You draw the, the box. We we we'd actually paint it. On the on the alleyway. Okay. So there was a skelly board always ready for us. Okay. You know, and you and you had to get. So now you had to get. And this the, is on uh, asphalt or no? Or yeah, it's on it's on asphalt, right? Or, con- or, or asphalt. Uh, yeah, on, in the alleyway. Like the white sidewalk or the black sidewalk. The black. Okay. All right. The black, not the sidewalk, in the street, the alley. The street. Yeah. In the alley. All right. It was in the alley. It was on. You know. Is it that bumpy? 
like for the bottle cap to be going across. And, but that's the name what? of the game. That's just how it was. That's just how it was. You know, maybe a little bumpy, whatever. It was. But that's how it was, and we played. Right, guys, we're we're gonna we're gonna check out Brooklyn Pizza Crew. We are gonna do a video in the next like two to three weeks about how to play Skelly. Skelly, draw a Skelly board. Google it. Google Go make Skelly. Sure you subscribe, okay. I, and we'll do a whole to, tutorial. Okay. And I played Skelly as a kid. And I remember coming home one day, and that was filthy because I was on the ground. And I was playing this a lot. So I was coming home every day filthy. My mother would look at me. He looks like a bum. He's from the Bowery. Look at him. <laughs> you know, he's looking like a bum. He's going to wind up in the Bowery, you know? And, and I remember, so finally, one day, my mother and father obviously had a conversation behind my back because I was becoming a bum playing Skelly. And, they, and he said, you're coming to work. I was 10 years old. Okay. Right? I was 10 years old. And I said, yay, go to work. <laughs> This is great. You know, so I went to work. I could barely reach the counter because the counters were high in those days. It wasn't like these low counters that you find at like a Dunkin' Donuts. Or the, if, you, if you go into the older places like J&V and my place, if you look at the counters, they're uh -huh. all higher because that's how they were made. You stood up on a, on, on a platform. If you worked there, you stood up on a platform and the counters were high. And it created a distance between you and the customer, which I don't like, by the way. I actually prefer the lower counters because it puts you on an equal footing with your, with your customer. And that's where oh, you that's really cool. need to be. You right. know, so these high counters. Think about it, Nino. You go go into. You've been to all these places that that are oh, old, old about school, it. and they're all I high. I never thought about it, but they're, now I'm thinking they're about all it. high, right? Yeah. So where I'm, I'm, I can't even reach the counter. Okay, I can barely, I can barely put the slice. And in those days, there was no plates. You used the wax paper. You had a wax paper. Really? Yeah, there was no plates when we st right. when I started. All right, and we were one of the last people to use plates too. All right, so we had the wax on the, the the slice on the wax paper on top of the counter, and that's how you got your slice, and it gave you a napkin. What if you got three slices? If you got three slices, to uh, we had the small oh, the, the metal, the metal, the round metal. What tray? You, had, oh, you think of the plastic uh, ones? No, we didn't have those. The metal tray. The, the, the plastic trays came out way later. What if we started you, using plastic trays in 88. What if I'm like, what if I walk in and I'm like, yo, I want three slices to go. You got you got three to go? Three slices to go. We used to put them in a bag, believe it or not. A bag? Used to, yeah, four slices we used to we used to put in a bag. Okay. In, a, in the bag that you put the two slices, you used to get, get it, go wink, wink, and then on top of one another, and they got there looking with like. With the wax paper, no with plate. With the wax paper, no plate, and they ah. got there looking like shit. That's fucking interesting. And it was terrible. I remember <laughs> when my father would bring home four slices of pizza. They looked disgusting. I can imagine if you complain, like they'd be like, "Hey, asshole, why don't you eat it in the fucking? Why don't you sit it down like you're a fucking animal? Why don't you sit down like a human? It was, eat your pizza." It was really, it really wasn't like you know, like today, like you know, where you, everything is served nicely and there's presentation. It was not. It? it was not good. Is it? You got four slices. Today it's better. Nicely. It's better. Still, it's better than that. It's better. Come it's on, you better. got four slices of pizza in a bag. I'm not sure we reinvented they, the wheel when it comes to that stuff, though. <laughs> we put all some. right, all right. So maybe we have a long way to go. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to it. I mean, I don't. I. You know what I would love to see? What's that? I, in just a New York pizza game like what? that. 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 What we just watched with that yeah. video with this guy 
who's a fucking engineer. He's an immigrant. He's like, you know what? Could There's you, a yeah. fucking problem. I'm going to fucking solve shit. Mm-hmm. When was the last time anybody looked at the fucking like, logistical problems at independent pizzerias in the tri-state area? Because we're the only real slice joints like in mass. Like yeah. We're like 80, oh, yeah. 90% of the slice joints are right over here. Oh, yeah. Nobody's looked at this and be like, hey, let me let me solve some problems and like sell some stuff. Nobody's done it, I think, because a lot of, I think the guy the guys that you see at these pizza expos and these conventions that are trying to figure out these problems, they're never they most of them don't cater to us. They're not geared to us. No, they're, they're completely like not geared 14 to 14 inch and 16 inch. We're, like, we're looking like, at them like not. Yeah, well, this yeah. is completely ridiculous. I sell 18 inch pies in 2022 20, inch slice pies. Right. Like, you're not making you're equipment. Not, you're for not me. helping me. But we're right. most of the business, but what they're looking right. at is they're trying to they want to get into the franchises, and it's like what they don't realize. I mean, they're missing I think out. Stupid. On us. Well, well, the franchises are only like twenty percent of the game. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're eighty percent of the fucking right. game, the, which is why Grande distributes to us. Which is why Grande and Stanislaus are giant it's, mega they're companies. They're smart. They're smart. You know. You fucking hear that, you momos? <laughs> Just really listen I mean, to what like, I say, Kabish. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Man. So, I mean, yeah. So that's how you served pizza on a wax paper. And it was bad. It was bad. I remember we, you know, we used to like literally, um, and then the people from the out of town, they were so used to getting this stuff with stuff on it. When they'd come to us, they'd be very disappointed because the, you didn't have like a ton of stuff on the pizza. Right. Because, you know, if you went to Pizza Hut, you got. All that stuff on it. And some of it's okay. You know, like I remember as a kid, I kind of liked the Supreme Pie at Pizza Hut when I was a kid, you know, and I enjoyed tasting it. But like they would be disappointed because they want it and they would say, and we'd say, but you got to try it like this. Mm-hmm. Try it. And you know what? When they did, when they didn't walk out completely frustrated and they and they tried it, they enjoyed it. Right. Because you were really getting to taste the pizza without the toppings all over it, like disguising it. Sure. Basically, you know, you only, my dad would say, you don't need toppings. This is what he would tell people. And he would act like a school. And he'd say, he'd say you don't need toppings because the toppings disguise the taste of the pizza. He would say, he would tell this to the customer. I get that. And I agree, kind of agree with that in a way. But I'd say, but at the same time, dad, I'd say, give people what they want. You know, like if they want a slice of pepperoni, Give it to them. See, Stop. I'm with your dad. I say, fuck them. <laughs> I'm so going to give them whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Listen, I know better than these fucking idiots. You know what I'm saying? Like they, You know, bro, it's I funny. Used to, I mean, now now we we, we, we we chilled out and like, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've kind of like lost the battle. But when we opened Williamsburg Pizza, bro, I wouldn't even give them the the the, the garlic that or That was the, my the father. Salt. Okay, yeah. you know what he would say? He would say, no, no, that gives you agita. Acid yeah. reflux, for those of you who don't know what that is. <laughs> that, okay, he'd say, we have, do you know we didn't have garlic powder? I believe it. I'm telling I'm you. Fan. I'm a big fan of granulated. Oh, you know what fucking happened We didn't have garlic powder. fucking story about garlic powder. I was living in, uh, when I was, I was, I think, uh, how old was I? I was probably 18 years old. I was living in Pittsburgh. Uh, long story, got kicked out of Brooklyn for a short period of time, ended up in Pittsburgh. Um, but, uh, all right, you're going to yeah, have to tell I mean, me that one I mean, off the record, yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. That's going to take all day. All right. But um, 
I get thrown yeah, out of Brooklyn. I go to this, I find this slice place called Vesuvio, <laughs> and they had, bro, this place had a picture. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, across okay. the street, south side of Pittsburgh. Great town, by the way. It, it is I got to like ask Colin. Coast I know town. Colin Hagendorf lives out there. I got to hey, ask him to You'd be Vesuvios. surprised. You'd go out there, you'd be like, wow. This no, is, there's a lot this of Italians right. over there Yeah, in Pittsburgh. There's, there's some, um, but... Yeah, I I I go into buy this was all the places and I would ask for garlic powder and they would give me this um it was like white really fine fluff you ever see that like fluffy onion powder stuff? It was like garlic salt almost. No, it no? wasn't garlic salt because it wasn't um it wasn't like granulated. Oh. So if you look, if you actually go to the store we call it garlic powder. It's not called garlic powder. It's called granulated garlic. What we buy, the yellow stuff. Right. Right? They had no idea what I was talking. They had to go to the back and they give me this little souffle cup. And I'm like, this isn't fucking garlic powder. What the fuck is wrong with you? And they had like, I would go nuts. And they had, uh, I don't know if you ever seen, there. there's an old bakery. I don't know if it's still there. It might still be there. Where? But it's an old, it was in Soho. It was called Vesuvio Bakery. Okay. They had a picture of it. Like in the shop, and they were doing like twenty-four inch pies. They weren't bad. I mean, for Pittsburgh, it was it was rough. Although right. the, the pizza seed when I was there, really, oh, you know, it was rough, rough fucking scene. Like okay. nothing even close to what we're used. Really? to. Really? No, this was the closest thing. And they made a twenty-four inch pie. It was made on the screen, um, you know, because they couldn't even put the pie in. And they and this is. What I'm 36. I was probably 19. So do the fucking math on how many years ago, and it was the closest thing that they had to New York style. And I would I would go all over the city, and um, yeah, but it, yeah, they don't even know when you ask for garlic powder outside of yeah New York. Well, my father New wouldn't York, even New serve. Jersey. My my dad did not serve I garlic powder. I was the powder. same way because because this is the thing. Pizza, the, my brain, where my brain was at when I made that decision, even though I'm a fan of fucking garlic powder and I put garlic powder on all my pies, is that, like, I am, like, pizza had gotten shitty over the years. And with the, like, the, the little mini chains. They put that stuff in the sauce. That's why. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, they did a fuck a lot of they things. But the, all the little yeah. mini chains, like, not even, I mean, Sabaros, I'm yeah. not even counting that in this, yeah. but that's uh, because it's not even in the yeah. same category. Yeah. But, like, that place is bad, yeah. um, obviously. You know, those fucking mall garbage pizza. Yeah. But, no, like, the, the Abatinos and the, mm. the, the original race, famous race, oh, not original yeah. race, yeah, yeah, uh, the, yeah. the pizza pluses that were. They were taking Pronto's. all the best. Pronto. Yeah. They were taking all the best locations. Oh, Familia. Familia. Remember Familia? Oh, yeah. There's still there's still they're a still couple around, left. Yeah. They, I mean, bro. Are they, they probably what? I mean, all the places that I just named have have closed at least seventy five percent of their locations. They were the kings. Yeah. They well, were the kings twenty years good. ago. Yeah. And and yeah. now they're they're done because it's in my it's opinion, dollar like pizza it. yeah. or it's pizza like we make. There's right. nothing in between no anymore. In between. There's no room yeah. Yeah. because. I'll tell you what, yeah. the fucking two brothers dollar pizza is better than most of those places were. I believe like, it. Like, yeah. swear on my mother. It was, it, yeah. it's, it's, Although I'm not a big fan. I mean, listen, I, I, I say... I'm not a fan either, but I'm but saying for what you're they getting, were selling yeah. garbage and charging me $3. I see what you're saying. They were charging me $3 a slice when a slice costs $1.75. Right. right. I, I could go saying. to your place. I was paying $1.75. I go to Fat Sal's, uh, one of these spots, or Pizza Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. on Ninth Avenue. They're charging yeah. me $3 because yeah. they're in the mist. I see what and I'm like, 
You yeah. can't charge me three. I threw a pie at somebody. One, I threw a slice at somebody one day. I said, yo, some like, I don't know where the fuck he was from. And I was like, bro, you, you can't charge $3 for this. There's only one. Like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. Like, I'm not being a dick right now. You can give me crap pizza, but yeah. don't give me this ketchup on fucking you know white bread. I reacted that way one time. You know where? Where? I was in Cape May with my with my family. Hmm. Okay. And we were at this like this this one very popular there's only one, like strip like strip outside strip ball. Like, you know, there's one strip. And we walked down and there's JoJo's. And it, the guy don't look like a JoJo to me. He looks he's you know, he's clearly not Italian, you know? And what had happened was I ordered in a pizza for my children, okay? And the cheese was fake cheese. Okay. Really? And it was really bad. I was like saying to myself, this is like, this is like, had to be the worst pizza I ever saw. I was like, how could you possibly dare serve something so bad? And I was so frustrated from the whole thing. And my, my kids still laugh at me for this, you know, that I was that upset that when we walked there that night, because every night we'd walk, we'd get, the, you know, the taffy, the candy and all that. And we'd walk through, and I walked into his place. And I told him, I said, you should be ashamed of yourself for serving that. And, and I've never, ever in my life done that. I was that, that pizza was that bad, in my opinion, it was like the worst pizza I've ever had. Right. And I told him, I was like, this is, this, this is absolute shit. It gets you yeah. angry, especially when you know. I'm and sorry, I'm sorry for bugging out, by the way. I, no, I just no, no, got no, like transported I, I, you back into you, like my 22-year-old mind. Because we, we both, we're <laughs> passionate about what we do. And it's like shame, almost like shame on you for like giving this to the public. Well, this guy, like, he, he shame knows on better. You. He's using the cheapest cheese. The, the kid that I threw in the pizza. It's not cheese. He's using the cheapest cheese he could. He's using yeah. the cheapest tomatoes. Yeah, right. He's water. And then it's like, I know I was in the business. I know what it costs. But now charge me the regular, but you're going to charge me more? Right. Right. That's a dollar more slice. Than the other guy? Right. That's a dollar slice. Bro, right. oh, this is before dollar slice. I got to tell you something. I've had dollar slices, all right? This pizza was worse than a dollar slice. I, I've had dollar slices. Bro, I'm telling you, yeah. those, yo, if this you go to fi Familia Pizza, okay. oh, it's I worse than a dollar I pizza. I don't like any of their pizza. All right? If anybody out there is mad about it, come on the fucking podcast and explain yourself. No, it's it's shameful. Fucking it's shameful. horrible. Yeah, it's very It's fucking it's, horrible. It's really These shameful. guys, well, what they, I know what they were trying to do. These guys, yeah. they were trying to be the New York... And version of and a Domino's, and they and were. They're not. And, and they're, they're not. not they're but, not. But I think. I think. But that shame whole... on them for like missing the mark. Okay. Right. Because if you really wanted to be a new, a good New York version of like a franchise, like a Domino's, you could have done that. You could. It could. It could be done. But this is what they've all been taught. Yeah. Right. They're like, look how many people. This is the and and this is. I don't even know if this mentality has completely changed. It's definitely gotten better. But, like, there's still this mentality out there um, from this old school, like, kind of 80s and 90s mentality where it's, like, the product doesn't matter that much because look at Domino's and look at Papa John's and look at McDonald's. And look you know, at how they, they have thousands yeah, right, of locations and right. they're not worried about the product. But it's Yes, like, I've heard this mentality, but it, I, I really fuck think— Fuck you, and people are smarter today. Absolutely. You know what? And people aren't going. When yep. was the last time you went to a McDonald's? Bro, I long, I can't long remember time. when I stepped into it. You know what? Long, I remember fucking time. I had a McDonald's of a hamburger, and I was like, "This is gross. How can, how can I dare eat this shit?" It's a it's, it's a broken disgusting. system, bro. It's gross. I mean, how you know? much more does uh, 
like like a Five Guys or a Shake Shack or you know what I mean? Any yeah, of these right. Other burgers like, called, right. And they're uh, 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 and superior. They're you know what I'm saying? Way superior. It's not my, health food. No, but, but it's good. It's enjoyable. It's my enjoyable. son and I do go enjoy and the you Five don't Guys feel like a complete yeah. piece of shit afterwards. Afterwards, yeah. Right, like you ate fake food, you know. Yeah, I mean, even if you enjoy, uh, I, I mean, I know people who legitimately like enjoy, love McDonald's or Checkers or any of they these don't places. know any better. They just don't know any. They better. know. Well, it's not like they don't like Shake Shack, but they legitimately, from a nostalgic point of view or whatever it is. Yeah. But they're fucking these same guys, and uh, some of them are good friends of mine. They're fucking depressed all the time. They're fucking lethargic all the time yeah, because yeah, it's like yeah. it's not it, it, like whether it tastes good or right now, um, you could argue that that's like, uh, you know, it's an objective thing. You know what I'm saying? Like some person might feel one way. Some people might feel another way. Now, like unobjective, like you can make a fucking argument, you know what I mean? In a court of law that says like, well... This is this and this is that and this is the reason why uh, unobjectively it should be better. But objectively, okay, I'll go with the argument. But the thing is, is it's like, have you ever seen those videos of like when people save up a McDonald's hamburger for like ten years and it doesn't decompose? Right, it still all? looks the same. It, it looks bro, the same. How could that? Yeah. I mean. That's right. gotta be fucking There's you up. There's something wrong with that. That has to be right. like I don't care what anybody says. That has to be destroying your body, destroying your mind. Absolutely. And I know for a fact. Like, what, my, the, what is that shit dipped in formaldehyde or something? I, I mean, don't know yeah, what I mean, the fuck it is. Know, we're I talking mean, about embalming. A, yeah, embalming. Yeah, we were yeah. talking about that before we started the podcast. I, I'm reading yeah. this book, uh, and and it's like this oral history of Italy where it, it, this woman went out and did, like, interviews with all these, like, 90-year-old Italian women that grew yeah. up in, like, the early 1900s. And they're all saying, like, um, you know, it's being translated, but the word in Italian that they're using to describe the chickens they buy at the grocery the store is embalmed. They're like, how do they eat these embalmed chickens? And right. it, it's true. And that's I've what it seen is. It. Like, they put, like, bleach or ammonia or whatever the fuck they put. Mm. It's fucking crazy. All right. All right, we're never gonna <laughs> we're never gonna know how uh, Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this is funny. So yeah. so now uh, you start. Your dad brings you to work at ten. You start learning. When did you learn how to like really make your first pizza? My dad never wanted me to learn how to make pizza. Isn't that I, funny? But did you learn I anyway? Did, of course. Yeah, of course. I started learning. You know, I started learning when I was ten. Okay. And then, you know, I practiced and practiced, and right. I really couldn't even reach the ovens. And, you know, I mean, I get burned all the time. How old were you when you were, like, semi-proficient, when you could, like, like handle, 13, like, a Tuesday? like really? that. Like, 13, yeah. I was getting better. Still you know? young. I remember I actually made did a Saturday when I was 13. I did a Saturday. 13, 13 years old. In other words, the pizza man didn't show up. And I, and, I, and I went in there, and I was 13 years old. But, like, at 13, for some reason, I... I was I was one of those kids that was like prematurely growing, like I had, you know, I had hair on my face already. <laughs> I looked like a pizza man, you know, like the old pizza man, you know, you know, like, yeah. and I and I and I remember like my father going, all right, you want to do the Saturday? Do the Saturday, man. I mean, he was like upset though that I knew how to make pizza because he didn't want me to be a pizza owner, but he just wanted he wanted he wanted me to be a doctor like him. He wanted to kind right. of live through me, you know. So I was making pizza. And um, I actually, I enjoyed it. I felt a sense of pride that, like, I was able to feed so many people that I did that. You know, I was sure. able to feed a piece of New York, you know. 
and uh, with my hands, you know, and I was proud. I was only a kid, you know. I mean, of course, I knew I didn't want to become a pizza, be a pizza maker for the rest of my life. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I, you know, I, I had I had other ambitions. I knew I wanted more, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being in the business. I liked the, I liked it. It was a happy place, you know. People come in a little cranky sometimes, but overall, because they're hungry. But overall, people are happy to be in the pizza place. You know, right. the people are excited to be in a good pizza place, and it's nice. It makes for a nice place generally, you know, with few exceptions. You know, I mean, if you're doing other stuff, I mean, you know, like most people hate their jobs. You know, it's a grind, you know, going to the, you know, to their office, you know, nine to five. And they, they call it the scary Sundays, you know, like, oh, shit, I got to go to work tomorrow. You know, and they people get blasted on the weekends because they're just so miserable that they got to work five days. Ahead, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. so, I mean, like, I never felt that way about what I was doing growing up. I was actually, I mean, yes, it was my father's place, but my father treated me worse than his employees. You know, my father treated his employees with more respect. With me, it was kind of like, he owned me. I was his son. Yeah, you know? but I think that's like, yeah. uh, he wanted he wanted you to be better than them. Yeah, like, he, did. I, I, he did. I've seen yeah. that before. I've seen that with people You've that seen like, it. Yeah. With, that really cared about me. They were harder on me because they, they wanted me to, to be, be better. better. Yeah. They were like, yeah. this guy, you know. So my father was, out of love. was tough on me. My father was, you know, he was no picnic working with I mean, my I'll father. tell you something. If my son ever gets into this, I'm gonna be tougher than him on any uh, than anybody because yeah. you need to be you need that yeah. if you're gonna do this and you're gonna be great you know what I mean yeah. it ain't gonna it ain't gonna come with uh, uh smiles and pats on the backs and this and that obviously the way I came up I there's a better way to be done you know that was a little yeah. Neanderthalish um but you know what I'm saying it's still I think it's um you know you you're you. You're not going to get away with it by making it easy on people by saying like, "Oh, great job!" It's like you're not going to you know, coddle them and give them a trophy for well, just showing up. One hundred percent. Well, <laughs> you know? I'll, I'll tell you, I it was you know a um, couple yeah. of weeks ago. Uh, it was my birthday, and and my son, me and my son share share a birthday, and cool uh, so I had him for the week, and um, you know he's been trying to beat me at air hockey. Oh, the past is he? three years. He's 12 years old. Uh, and I don't let so him cool. win. <laughs> right, because you want to keep it so, up, right? I'll tell you. Uh, well, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. I, this, I this used to have that story. with my son. Bro, I won't let him win. I'm like, and, uh, you know, a few years back, yeah. he um, he brought like a uh, uh, like a Sega Genesis. Because uh-huh. all these kids, they love the retro games now. It's fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, my son like, does too. He yeah. likes the, he likes so the he Nintendo. So he brought the original Sega Genesis. It's so funny. And... We're playing Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. He's like, Dad, come play this game with me. Yeah. And I told him, you know, this is probably like three years ago, four years ago. And I told him, so he's probably like eight or nine years old. And I told him, I said, you know, I used to I used to play this game when I was your age. And he says, uh, he's like, oh, okay. I don't think he, like, got it. Like, he didn't understand it. He right. thinks it's brand new. Right. Because you, you buy it in the store. You go to the Best Buy or the Toys R Us. That's where you buy it. Like, how could my father have had this thing? Like, right. he didn't. I don't think he yeah, understood. So I'm like throwing the, uh, you know, the special moves. Get over here and freezing them with Sub Zero or whatever. I'm, I, you know, right. I remember from when I was a kid. And he gets all upset. <laughs> Starts getting all upset. Oh, I'm like, wait, how I'm old like, is he? How old is he? He's probably he's like eight or nine. Okay, um, I'm gonna tell you something. What's gonna happen? He's gonna kick your ass like really. Listen, soon. listen to what I do. So I say, I go, what's what's going on, buddy? And and he's like, oh well, 
I don't, I don't, he's, uh, you know, he's upset. He's like, well, I don't understand, like, I've been playing this for for a while now Aww. and practicing, Aww. and I don't know, like, how could you just be better than me, like, instantly? Aww. And Aww. I was like, listen, buddy, I, I was trying to explain this to you. I had this game when I was a kid, when I was your age. I've been playing this since I was a kid. But listen, when somebody's better than you at something, right, you don't want them to let you win. You want to play with them, whether it's like pool or whether it's a video game or whether it's like you're playing soccer. It doesn't matter. You want them to play at that level and and ask questions and like you want to so learn these special learn. moves. I'll learn from you. But if I go easy on you, you're not going to get better. Right. If I play at the level that I'm playing at with you, you're going to go back home. You're going to go back to your mother's and try house. To figure it out. Bro, no, not only that, but just off of this these sessions. When you go play your friends, you are gonna destroy them. So we, you know, we we've been playing air hockey. I don't let them win ever, right, right. bro. He, and That's and we played. We probably played like four games, right? Mm. And he, the last game, he was like a point off. And then on the, f the fifth game, like uh, it was like day four, we were together, and uh, he won. Did he? He won, and oh, he legitimately wow. won. Wow. Like I was, like he was. We were, we That's were like great. one point away, and I was like, "Bro, I'm not letting this freaking kid win." Oh, and, no. and he beat me. He beat me legitimately, and it was just like the joy on his face and the sense of achievement that he yeah! had. You know he what I knew mean? He beat you. He's like, he knew. He beat he, you, and he legitimately the, beat right. him. I don't play around. You know what's funny? You talk about air hockey, right? And and those video games. I have this game that you know that 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 other hockey with the bubble, the bubble, yeah, yeah, the yeah. bubble hockey. Yo, like, uh, it's like foosball, but yeah, hockey, but, right? With the bubble, right? yeah, yeah. And I used to kick his ass with that, you know. Right. And then, and then, f like recently, like I just can't win. He's that good, bro. But that's. He's but that if you good. weren't kicking his ass, yeah, yeah. he would have never got that. No, good. I understand. And then when it came to like Mario, when I was when he was little, he's like every time he used to fall in something, and, da, 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 and he'd start to cry. I said, "Don't." You know, I'd have to. It's okay. You got other chances, and you can keep playing. You know, and like he is so good now, like saving the princess. He like routinely saves the princess. How old's you know? your son? Now he's 15. Oh, okay. I mean, but like, yeah, but my like, son's 12. Yeah, not yeah. too far apart. Yeah, but he's like, he's like Mr. Video Games, Smash Brothers, and he's great at them. Oh, so you're talking about he was playing the Mario Maker where it's like the original one, but it's oh, on the new yeah. system. But he's yeah, got, but, he's doing but you can build your you can build your own levels and stuff. Yeah, oh, it's he does crazy. that too. He's got that too. Well, when I was a kid, that stuff. It just come out, right? You know what right. I mean. Fact, it was, yeah. It was just invented. Not only just came out, but like really, right. it was invented. I know because I mean there was Atari before and different right. things, Atari, but they yeah. weren't the same. No, no. Uh, you know, no. I mean, Atari wasn't anywhere near as good. No, I remember. I remember somebody Graphics. had in television. Do you remember in television? No. I mean, I people had it and okay. I played it. Right, but like. I was like, when I played Atari and mm -hmm. so, because, you know, there was somebody who had an older brother and they still had it in the house and you would find it and you'd be like, <laughs> you oh, let's, let's see what this is about. And it's like, oh, it's we tough. were like, this Space is Invaders, right? Oh, it's like the best we, name. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't, well, uh, well, by my age, like we were past, like we couldn't play those 80 games were, yeah. they were impossible yeah. to like, I mean, we wouldn't even mess with them because by the time. I mean, by the time we were, uh, you know, old enough to really go to the arcades, there was 
the ones where you would sit in the the actual car or the motorcycle or you would have an actual gun mm -hmm. and be shooting at stuff. Mm -hmm. So like Space Invaders and Pac-Man, like we knew what it all was. It was all still around. Yeah. But we were like, no, skip But it was that. crappy. Like the, the Pac-Man oh, was, was the shittiest. It was crappy. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. I got a hilarious story about that. So there's this uh, one of the guys that really um, – taught me the the restaurant business this guy Venancio Pesubio um he's from the other side he he owned Brigante in the South Street Seaport El Brigante and I used to work for him and you know then we eventually became partners later on and mm. that's how I opened my first place at Marine Park Brooklyn when I was like I don't know 23 years old mm. um but he he came back um uh something he went to he ended up going to jail or something like this this guy's got a crazy story we'll talk about Venancio on another podcast hopefully we'll like try to save him i think he's in italy right now oh, like I'm on the street anyway <laughs> Venancio, he used to walk around with like twenty thousand dollar watches and five thousand oh, dollar yeah. fucking shoes and really yeah, he had like uh i mean he was making a lot of money at the restaurant back in the day but anyway he came back um a bunch of crap happened to him and he comes to the 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 pizzeria and he was like uh, you know, hanging out at Williamsburg Pizza and like doing deliveries with me and doing like different things. Um, and Venazio's great. He's like, uh, like the real life version of the most interesting man in the world. He's hilarious. The way he talks is he learned how to speak English in England before he came to New York. So right. he's like, Nino, take out the fucking rubbish. He doesn't say trash. He says right, all the, the English rubbish, words. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, we're, we're in rubbish. Williamsburg and he just out of nowhere, he goes, uh, he goes, Nino, do you know this game Asteroid? And Asteroid. I'm like, Asteroid. Like the 80s game? Like the arcade game? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know what it is. He's like, Nino, do you know a place that has this game? And I was like, uh, yeah, there's actually a place called Barcade that's got every 80s game in it, like up the block from here. And he's like, Nino, take me there. And we get there, and he goes, Nino, I, I'm going to beat this game in one quarter, right? Really? Now... I know how impossible beating any of those games, like with as many tries as you want, is, bro. So he goes, he goes, uh, he goes. Needle, I bet you two hundred dollars. I was like, one quarter, you're gonna beat this game, and he's like, yeah. And I go, bro, I'll pay two hundred bucks to see that. Yeah, let's go, <laughs> bro. Or he said the high score. He didn't say beat it. He I'll said, get, I'll the, get high the high score. score. Yeah, yeah. And I, bro, he sat there for an hour and a half and beat all this game. Now this guy's like from like. Uh, Cosenza Calabria, like in the fucking they mountains. They probably had one freaking one fucking. Bar, I know exactly what. One game, yep. and there he they was playing that shit all day. Bro, <laughs> this guy, I, it, bro, there was. I he, know. It took an <laughs> hour and forty-five minutes <laughs> to stop straight <laughs> to get to the end of the game. Like an hour in, there's like fifteen people. By an hour and 15 minutes, and he's getting towards the later stages because people are passing and they can see what's going on. There must have been 45 people like around him. I'm, I'm running. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the bartender. I'm like, I'm like, yo, uh, you know, my 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 cousin. He's about to he's about to beat the high score. He's about to beat the whole game in one quarter. I was like, do we get something? Do we do, do we, we get like free drinks we, for life? Do we like, get a limoncello, man? Yeah, what, what's what's the prize? And he's like, the guy was like, what game is he playing? And I was like, uh, oh, he's playing like Arkanoid. And he's like, yeah, he's not gonna get the high score. I was like, 
No, you don't understand. You don't know what's going on. He's uh, he's one quarter. He's, he's like from the hour. mountains, bro. He he put one quarter in. He's almost. He's an hour and fifteen minutes in. He's gonna beat the whole game. He's like, bro. I don't know. I'll give you a beer. And oh, I was like, really? all right. I'll fucking take the beer. Great. Um, but anyway, that's that's, that's so my funny, video game man. story. That's but, a funny video. Game all right. Story. So let's like move it. on to uh, yeah. uh, your least favorite topic. Uh, <laughs> What did you end up doing out of college? Out of college. You became a lawyer. Yeah, Listen, I, I know you hate talking about this, but yeah. you're famous for it. And yeah. everybody knows you as the pizza guy turned lawyer turned yeah. back into a pizza guy. Yeah, so. That's right. That's big. So, uh, yeah. So I practiced for almost 10 years and I'm still admitted. And I, uh, and I, practiced law i was a trial attorney i i thought like when you like switch back from being a lawyer to a pizza guy the bar they don't look pleasantly <laughs> they don't like like, anymore. you set it a bad example <laughs> for everybody you know what's funny you'd be surprised a lot of people go to law school and never even practice do you know really yeah do you know and pass I, the bar do do everything, everything. the whole thing i remember the te teacher once asked the classroom how many of you intend on practicing and it was only about 50 percent that raised so why go I think it's. I think a lot of them maybe making their parents happy or something, or uh, you know maybe they were trust fund children and something like that. I don't know, but like fifty percent raised their hands and said, "I intend on practicing," and then the other fifty percent just like gonna have the knowledge under their belt and they were just gonna use it. I don't know. It's weird, right? I mean, yeah. why would you go through something so grueling? That's crazy. To like you know, I mean, law school was not a pleasant experience. Yeah, you know, it was like you know, and either was well, taking the oh, bar. Let's stop right there. Let's take a little bathroom break. We'll be right, right back. Cool. We'll pick it up yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, so grueling. Well, what's uh, how grueling was it? Well, I mean, it's just the amount of work, right? That was grueling. It was. Um, Basically, it was the. It wasn't like if you had more time. It was just. It's just. It was. The, it was the the amount of work that was being given to you. It wasn't that necessarily difficult, but it was a lot. And know? were you like so when you're when you when you went to college and law school like uh, were, were, what college did you go to by the way? I went to NYU. Okay. Yeah. So you're still in the city. Were you yeah, still staying with your parents time. or like? Yeah, well, I had my own place. I, oh, know, okay. Yeah, I had my own place. You know at the time and it was uh you know i i liked being in the city right you know, i always liked new york city i'm like mr new york city i love new york city you know you were going to the clubs and stuff back oh, then yeah we, going? we yeah, were going yeah, to cafe iguanas you oh, know yeah. you remember cafe iguanas oh, no. johnny rockets and you know it was so much fun i had some real fun friends at the johnny time. rockets not johnny the rockets place. no not the burger there was a, there was a <laughs> bar there was a there was a club and that night we were going to Magique, we were going to Johnny Rockets. We were going to Magique was the place that Chippendales, you know, at the end of the Chippendales, like it became Magique. Okay. So the girls were all like Chippendales. It was Wasn't Chippendales. that like the gay? No, it was where the women would like, you know, like go crazy. The guys would come out and like strip. Yeah, you know, male strippers. Yeah, it was male strippers, and they were, and then at the end of when that finished, it became a club. Okay. It was not, not far from Dangerfield's Comedy Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Dangerfield. Like a block away from Dangerfield. Really? It was Magique. We always, my friends and I, we went there a lot. And we went to Cafe Iguanas where you dance on the bar. Or oh, you watch somebody fall off and dance at a, from dancing on the bar. Right, 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 you right. Know? 
Yeah, so I mean, it was a lot of fun. Do you, did you ever go to, uh, it used to be the Ritz, but Webster Hall? Yeah, I went to Webster uh, Hall. But did I didn't it, particularly like Webster Hall. What did it, it, it used to be called the Ritz, though, no? No, I remember it was Webster Hall. Oh, you remember yeah, it was I Webster, Hall? Webster Hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, before, before, I mean, it's been going back a long way, but I, no, I remember it was Webster Hall. I mean, we used to go to, like, uh, concerts and stuff there, and we, nah. we, we ended up, like... There was a lot of concerts there. A lot yeah. of concerts. Well, we ended up becoming, like, when I was in my 20s, we... we Somehow we made friends with the um, uh, with like the GM who was this guy uh, Gerard, and we were buddies with him, and we were buddies. We ended up meeting like the owner's son, oh. so we would roll up, and it was just like, "Yo, here's your Drake tickets. Go right in. Right. You know, oh, you, awesome. you get your band. You could go wherever you want." Mm -hmm. But yeah, tell me about like. I mean, I. I you know, I went to college when I was like real young, when I was like 16 for like a year. But like that was so law school, ton of work, right? Yeah, law school was just you know it was a lot of work. It was uh, it was completely different. Like you know, college was basically okay. Read the book and regurgitate it out on a test paper. Uh, you know, whatever it is that you're learning. Okay, right. there was no like there was nothing. You weren't really applying anything. You okay. Know? Whereas law school was more of, okay, we're going to give you a case. Okay, learn. You got to fil filter out the law, extract the law from that. And then, you know, we're going to give you a bunch of cases, extract the law from that, you know. And now we're going to have someone give you a fact pattern, like someone's coming into your office with this very convoluted set of facts. And you're basically, you have to extract all the issues what's called issue spotting, and that's what lawyers do. Okay. Like, extract the issues, and they would call it, like, find Easter eggs, the issues. Find the Easter eggs, you know? Sure. Extract the issues. Because the guy's not going to come and say, listen, you know, I have an intentional tort case, you know? You have to extract that. You have to figure out, you have to diagnose it, sort of. What, you just say tort? Intentional wrong, intentional tort. Speaking you know? Chinese to me, John. I, know, I don't <laughs> understand mean to be this stuff. Head. I, I hate when people do that. <laughs> no, you know, no, no, no. It's okay. You know? No, I'm interested. You know? So, so like, intentional cause is what, what? Intentional torto. Torto, right? In Italian, okay. torto is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intentional wrong. Okay. Kind of like, you know, defamation. Right, right, Defamation right, right, right. is intentional wrong, like intentional torts, right? Or, you know, invasion of someone's privacy. That would be an intentional tort, I believe. I feel like I feel like lawyers make up, uh, they use all the Latin and everything just to confuse the regular people, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, um, so I did that for a number of years. I mean, I mean... I mean what is he? You is he? You, you were saying your father it. wanted you to become a doctor. Was that like? Uh, yeah. Part of so, that? so I'm sitting at my house one day, and this is how it goes down. Okay, I've got my cousin Rosario, who's my godfather, and I love him dearly, and let the world know that. Okay, and he's always been there for me. So, um, and he's a doctor. Yeah. And my father's so proud of him, you know, and basically wants me to be another Rosario, you know, and I'm in my junior year of high school. And I'm home, and Rosario's over. And he goes, well, Rosario's here. We're going to talk about medical school, <laughs> you know? And I just got pissed off. I go, look, I don't want to be a doctor, you know? Oh, you don't want to be a doctor. He doesn't want to be a doctor. Well, how about that? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, well, what do you want to be? A garbage man, you know? 
So I said, fucking good job today, by the way. Those guys made tons of money, right? You know, that was always always the put down. Yeah, no, it was always the put down. You you know, you're gonna, you're you're not good enough for anything. You're just gonna throw garbage out. And you know, and I know a lot of sanitation employees don't like being referred to as garbage man. Right now, a hundred percent. You know, and and I and I remember him basically like. You know, here I was. I was like 17 years old. Somehow I've got to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You know, I'm really being put on the spot. And I knew what flew and what didn't fly. And that's that you know? immigrant, like, that's first that generation immigrant, mentality. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you know. And it's like, and I said, and I said, I'll be a lawyer. You know, basically, he cut my balls off, you know. And like, I knew that I had to pick something. Cause my cousin Peter had just become a lawyer. And I like Peter, and I could relate to Peter, and I, and I figured, I figured maybe you know I'll, I'll, I'll do what Peter did, you know. And I knew I was good with, I knew I was good in English literature. I was a fairly good speaker, and, and I was good in writing. So I said, I'll, I'll be a lawyer. I really hadn't even thought about it up to that moment, mm-hmm. you know, of what I could become, you know, what I should become, you know. But it like really put me on the spot. I said, I'll, I'll be a lawyer. I remember being like so intimidated at that moment, and it was like. You could see he completely uh, decompressed at the moment, you know, like, ah, like I didn't say I wanted to be a rock star or something like that. You right. Know? Like I didn't say something crazy, you know, so crazy for him. Nothing yeah. wrong being a rock star. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, no, 100%. A lot of money. No, I can yeah. see where like uh, yeah. a parent, if, if somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be yeah. the next, uh, you know. Uh, I'm going to be a zoologist, Dan. Yeah. You yeah. know, whatever, you know, like, you know, no one ever told me I could do all that. You know, no, you know, I mean. Like I felt completely pigeonholed. Like just you know, like this is what I have to do. You know. So so w- after you like become a lawyer, yeah. um, are you involved? Like you graduate law school, you pick okay, your so law. I, are you still involved in the pizzeria at all during that? Okay, I you am, are. I am to some extent. Like he's always having problems because he's getting older. Right. Okay. How and old is he around? Like roughly. That's. Dad's like he's not 60s. old, old, but he's like you know he's an out of shape old. You know what I mean? Because okay. you're not old when you're sixty. Right. You're only old because you're not taking like. Dad was also he was diabetic, you know, and you know he he um, he didn't that generation didn't exercise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they didn't they didn't know about it. Jack Lane was like the only one who exercised. Right. Remember Jack Lane? No. Jack, I'll take it over. Jack Lane. Oh, Jack Lane. Okay, all the Bailey's Fitnesses. Do you remember Bailey's Fitness? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I do. Well, previous, before they were Bailey's Fitness, they were all called Jack LaLanne's. Okay. Okay. And he was the one who, like, they was, they was named after him. And Jack LaLanne was, like, this guy who was, like, in his 90s and had muscles. And he exercised. And he would, he would do commercials where he, he, he would be doing uh, jumping jacks. I remember Richard him. Simmons. Was he like nah, that guy? He was, no, no. Richard, Richard Simmons used to Richard do a lot Simmons of jacking. Richard Simmons was like jumping jacks. more for like women. And like, okay. you know, he would cater to them. Jack LaLanne was like an exercise. Like he would have muscles. Did he have like the old Tommy dumbbells with like the big, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, but you Did I remember he, have, he like, had muscles. The, the springs. And he was old. Did he do the springs? No. Do you remember he, the springs from the old timey no, movies? No, 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 no. He didn't do, I don't remember the springs. But I remember he was like the one guy who was fit. Okay. And he was older. And what was know? this? A bunch of gyms in New York? He, he had a ton of gyms, and I think he uh, he owned them. There was and what would you do? You would jet, lift weights. There was a spa too. They call it a okay. spa. Like my aunt, my my oldest aunt, my aunt Jenny would say, "I go to the spa." Uh. You know, she was the one who didn't. 
who spoke English well. I had like two aunts that spoke English really well, and two aunts that spoke English really crappily. Sure. You know? And 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 my aunt Jenny spoke very very well. She was very articulate. She had no accent, and she used to go to the spa when it wasn't even popular. And she owned Valenti's Pizza, by the way. Jenny what? Valenti. What Valenti's is, what Pizza is, across the street from that pharmacy I was talking about earlier. Okay. okay Old she, school spot. She was the one. She actually knew how to make pizza. By really? Jenny. And there's not many many women that made pizza. We might have to find uh, some pictures of uh, the. Stuff. I got them for you. Yeah, I got them. We them. We're gonna. My, my cousin Danny has them. Oh, get out yeah, of here! Yeah, I got them. Yeah, yeah we gotta got find it. We gotta yeah. digitize all that stuff. Yeah, it's really we'll, cool we'll, stuff. We'll plug them in. We'll plug yeah. them in. Hey, if you guys are seeing pictures popping up, that's because we plugged them in. Thanks, thanks to Joey. Thanks to Dino. Thanks to uh, Young Brady over here. <laughs> so, um, so what the hell were we just talking about? I'm lost. Um. So, uh, so the gym. Oh yeah. So your father. So so. Okay. So like. Yeah. You, you still know, my gotta help him out. You know, I, ha- I had to help him out because like he'd have, he'd have, he'd have issues. There was always issues he needed me to figure out. Okay. He had issues with with the business and he needed help and and I would help him and what well, like staffing issues staffing or? issues was yeah, always okay. an issue for him you know he's always so, had staffing issues right and one day they all quit because he was having problems with my brother-in-law at the time who was running the place and you know whatever there were issues so so you're a lawyer him. now and now you got to go back in and sometimes. I got a little literally go I literally at one point actually I was I was working at a firm and like managing the firm, managing okay. a small firm in, in Brooklyn, and and I had to quit because he, all of his employees quit. You had to quit the firm. I had to quit the firm. You're working at a law firm. I'm working at a law firm. Probably making I, tons nice of money. Nice piece of money. I, yeah. I, I was making good money, and I had to quit because he asked me to help. Did he him. give you like ten dollars an hour at least? No. When you quit? <laughs> <laughs> so you no, know, he paid me well. He paid me well. Oh, you know? God. So you gotta help me. He was, he was in a real bad pickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he had like no workers, and we had to like we had to like we had to, we had to bring the place back up. You right. know, and I helped him. We, we restaffed it, and because he was just old, he couldn't do it anymore. Like this is towards the end, you know, to like a uh, like a couple of years before he died. You know, this is this is what I'm talking about. Like a couple of years before he died, he's like late sixties, and he was. Not in good health. He had like serious uh, complications from from his diabetes, and things were just going south for him. And I had to help him, and I did. So and I and and then, um, and then he passed, uh, and I was actually, I had left New York City at the time. Left. Yeah. Where'd you go? I went to Buffalo. Okay. Uh, and I know that's a little, a little cold. Yeah. No, it's not really cold. Not- People- no, it's not because Buffalo's really not that far north. It's as far north as Albany. Okay, okay? it's really west. It's western. Doesn't New it York. snow a lot more it snows though in a the winter lot because you got the lake effect snow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really not colder. Like okay. it's, it's cold. It's as cold as Albany, but it's, it's you have the lake effect snow. From, right. from from the Great Lakes over there, Lake Erie. Well, that's kind of what I think of when I think of, like, yeah, England. I mean, like, even getting, when you go, like, an hour upstate, they get a foot more than us. No, like, it's, not, it's not even a foot. Like, the snow gets dumped on you. No, in, in, Buffalo, in Buffalo, but I'm saying an hour yeah. north yeah. of here, oh, it'll yeah. not snow and there'll be oh, a foot absolutely. up there. I can't even it's imagine. Crazy. In Buffalo, there's, like, six feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Buffalo's insane. The la- It's called lake effect snow. Okay. And you get, like, lake effect. Like, you just... It'll just... It'll dump on you. Yeah. I got... So I'm driving around in a C230 
Mercedes compressor at the time, which, which is a a rear wheel drive. Right. Okay. Not it, not great for the stuff. This this funky new style windshield wiper. It had one windshield wiper. You remember that stupid <laughs> one windshield wiper? It was the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. And the thing and the snow's coming down so heavily that it snaps on me. Oh my the god. The one and this is like, dude, I'm talking this is October. We had this October storm. Yeah. Do you remember that? This when they had, I mean, and it completely changed the landscape of Buffalo. I mean, and I, I got stuck in it. All right, and I'm literally now I can't see out the front window, and I got I got it like because the, the windshield snap, the wiper snaps. Right. From, that's how heavy it was coming down. It snapped the wiper. It just said, "Done," right? And, and I got my head out. I'm trying to drive back to my place at the time. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're Buffalo. Your dad. Yeah. Condolences. Thank you. Um, Thank and you. and then what? You so got dad dies. New York. I got to rush happened? back to New York. All right. Luckily, I hadn't bought a house yet. I was about to. Okay. And so, um, and I and I uh, I I basically have to take over this very um, the, the place at the time was was not doing well. You know, right. it was mismanaged and it you know because he was sick. He couldn't run it. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the old Italians. He's the only one who could take an order from the. From sure, the, you know, I, no, I know. No, I, you know, I could pass the bar, but I couldn't take an order. Right. You know, I, I, let me do it. Hold on. You know, mm. you know. But um, I know the mentality. You know the well. mentality. Well, yeah, only they could do well. it. You know. Yeah. So, and that's that's who he was, and I let him do it. It was his baby. You know, I wasn't gonna. You know, and so I I saw how he ran things, um, and Dad did a lot of things right, and I also think he did a lot of things wrong. And I learned from his mistakes too, and I I I wanted to implement changes, and my father wasn't one who liked change, you know. So I finally implemented. Like I thought about him, he made me second guess myself a lot, but I finally went through with the changes that I wanted to make. This and is after he passed away. This is after yeah. he passed, and I'm glad I did. And you we used to feel like he's on to, your shoulder. Oh, right? constantly, you know. Yeah. Like, and I, and I. And I finally made the changes I needed to make, and uh, I, I did, and um, and they were successful changes. They were good changes that I made, and I, and I'm glad. And I, and I, I think I brought the place well, to a new level. What kind of changes? Like, what are, what are we talking about? Okay, here? well, basically, we're very simple changes. You know, like saying yes more to okay. people. Okay. Customer service. The customer service was key instead of like fighting and arguing with customers like you don't do that right you want to really like minimize any sort of negative interaction you have with them mm -hmm. you know and i did I, I i thought it was really wrong how we used to i was upset i used to be very upset when we used to, we used to interact with customers like okay. customers are key okay and you have to now i don't believe in the customer's always right theory either right okay because only only god's always right number one okay and but you have to cater to your customer Okay, because I mean, listen, your customer can be a pain in the ass too. Oh. Customers can be wrong too. Like they can be like rude, and like I don't have any, I don't have patience for like a really rude customer. You know, I'll, I'll well, nice. I mean, that creates like a really uh, bad experience for your other customers. Sometimes and for you got to fire your customers. And, and right, sometimes you do, and for your staff too. Yeah, because you got to back your staff up too. Right, right. That, you know, so because your staff has to know you you have their backs. You know. And um, but that doesn't mean you like you readily, 
you look for that kind of stuff and you get excited about throwing out a customer. Like when you hear the stories about Totonos, like the guy used to throw the customer out, the slightest yeah. thing. Don't be like that. You don't want to be like that. That's not who you want to be. I've heard a story that the stoop Nazi was actually based off that of that guy. That was my father. Yeah. My father was a pizza Nazi. My father would throw you out of that, the, you know, slightest thing you did wrong. Like you, you, you cursed in front of a woman. Right. My father threw you out. You could not curse in my father's I mean, I mean, it's almost dad, something like noble about not that. Not in front of people. Not in front yeah. of people, you know? There's, uh, I've heard you tell that story before. There's almost like something noble about yeah. like that kind of mentality. Oh, in my Hawaii, you my know father I mean? would never, never curse in public. Like, he yeah. was just a... He was a gentleman like that. I mean, I, I feel like him. if there was a place like that today that, like, you yeah. know, Eater, Thrillist, or, or, or yeah. Munchies would pick that up right away and be like, oh, yeah. if you go to this place, and yeah, it hurts, you know, it's and it would become, like, the most famous place ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, the yeah. way things work today, which yeah. obviously is very different than uh, back then. So, yeah. um, customer service, anything else? Did you do anything? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I cha listen, I started listening to what people liked and not what I liked. And I, okay. I, I used to catch myself acting like my dad sometimes. I would say, you know, ranch dressing. And, you know, like, and I'd say, oh, right, well, shit, well, I'm acting like my father. You know, like, just because I don't like ranch dressing, just because he didn't like garlic and it gave him agita, mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's going to give everybody else agita. You know? I got to... I gotta stay away from that, you know. Like we we do a hot a hot honey pizza, and I actually like the hot honey. But I, I like I, I came I around on the hot honey. I used to be really against it. I, I like came hot around honey. on it. I like the hot honey. I just don't like how slice the hot honey. But I'm gonna tell you something. It's people love it. People love it. People really go crazy. And my staff loves it, and and like I have relatives who love it. I don't. You know what I mean? And I, you got to get over that. It's not about you. And I've, I've learned that. I've learned that it's not about, like, okay, so Hawaiian pizza. You know, is Hawaiian pizza an abomination to the craft? You know? Is it? No, um, it's not. But you know what? If somebody, I mean, we're going to disagree on that out. one. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Okay? I use boar's head ham. Mm -hmm. I use fresh pineapple. Mm -hmm. Okay? They want they want Hawaiian pizza. I'm gonna tell you something. You know how many people ask me for Hawaiian pizza? And you know what? I give them a great. I try to give them a great Hawaiian pizza. I'm still even looking to improve the Hawaiian slice. I want like I've always. I, I even like encourage my staff. I'll say, I want you to come up with a with a sauce. I'll give you. I forget how much. I'll give you X amount of bucks. Right. We got to find a nice sauce. For the Hawaiian pizza, I want like a maybe a fruity little touch to it, you know, and I, sure. and that's part of what I do. I mean, I like I I ask uh, listen. Me, I'm not the fucking overlord or god when it comes to pizza either. Just right. because I don't agree with something doesn't mean it's right. It's just like, right. but I'll I'll the only thing that I gotta yeah. say. Yeah. This is the main thing when it comes to um, Hawaiian pizza. When it comes to like Buffalo Ranch and all these other things, I way too often. I see, and, and I don't think, I'm, I'm pretty sure in your particular case, this is not the case whatsoever, um, but I see underperforming places um, a lot of times that are looking to, they're like, they'll ask me, they'll be like, well, how what do you do this? Do? And what yeah. do I got to yeah, do? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and I yeah. go in the place and I look and I'm like, listen, you got this buffalo chicken, this ranch pizza and this Hawaiian pizza. And I, I've been I've, I've been looking at your, you know, I've been coming in here a week and I've been looking at what's going on in here. And you're selling, uh, you're making half pies. You're not even making your whole pies of these things. 
and you're selling two slices each during lunch. And by the time five o'clock rolls around, it's stale. There's still well, there's still two slices. So this is what I want you to do. I know you keep telling me everybody wants it and blah 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 blah. But let's go into your POS right now and let's see, see what the percentage of sales is of right, this. Right. And I don't care if it's fucking pepperoni. We got to get rid of the fat. Right. But if you're selling. If right. 10% of your sales is Hawaiian pizza and this no, and that, you Hawaiian keep pizza it. goes, yeah. But if it's not... Right, then you get rid of it. No then doubt. you get rid of it. No doubt. Because, no doubt. because the, the, the where it... And, and where with a lot of spots it can hinder you mm. is if... If you walk into a place like the kind of places I'm talking about... I mean, I've been in your place enough times and, and your mm. window looks... Amazing, Thank you know you. what I mean. You Thank got your you. upside downs that are great. Oh, your plain yeah. slices, Thank one you. of the best in the fucking city. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Everybody, I I probably say when people ask me because that's probably the number one question I get from anyone. Yeah. Whether it's a guy in the industry, whether it's mm. uh, you know somebody that just finds out who the fuck I am and yeah. is like, oh, what's your favorite slice besides yeah, yours? Right, right, you know what right. I mean. I'm always I like, like how you did that too because that's it's, pizza that's so supreme. Real. Thank you. Yeah, man. go Thank there. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it's, that. It's the, really one of the do. greatest old school slices. Thank but, you. But it's like it does hinder um, the ability today. Um, now, now you're an old school place. You're old yeah. enough that you're over this. Mm -hmm. But if you're only like 10 years old or 15 years old and you're trying to get media and you're trying to get like somebody from Thrillist or New York Magazine or Munchies down, yeah. to take your place seriously and write a serious thing, and then you have barbecue chicken pizza in the fucking window with no real history. Yeah. They're not, these are food you, critic guys, yeah. they're not gonna take they're gonna, you seriously. They're gonna, they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. Right, You listen, you have to get creative. You have to, um, but at the same time, you also have to you know, like I got most of my pies, I really like. Right. Okay. I enjoy. Well, listen, here, I say this is maybe what it like comes down to. It slices. doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what anybody yeah. else thinks. If you're selling enough pineapple pizzas or enough barbecue chicken pizzas right. that it's profitable yeah. and that if you were to take those away, yeah. you'd be taking money out of your pocket and bread out of your family's mouth, yeah. then you're a moron to take that away. Okay, so, you know, it's funny, like, what are you doing in your business? Like, one of the things my father always taught me was, he goes, and he was right about this, like, so about what he, what he did wrong a lot. One of the things he did right was he would say, you don't chase money. Mm -hmm. Okay? He says, what you do is, you, you, he was all about consistency. He was all about concentrating on the product. And I agree with that. I agree, like, don't, don't think about money. Money will come, come follow you. Think about your product. Think about how you can be better every day. All right? Think about what you can do to improve your product, your place. Not just the product, your place, your customer service. You know, maybe, you know, like, how, it's, it's really the question is, how can you? How can you? You got to ask, how can I? How can I improve my product? How can I improve my staff interactions with customers? Right. Once you start asking, how can I? Because if you start with I can't, you know, then you can't, you know. Right. Because I know a lot of I can't kind of people. Oh, I know. It's it's the number one type of person in our and business, it's, and it's terrible. Yeah. And it's really terrible. So when you when you meet an I can't kind of guy, you know he can't because. Mm -hmm. You are what you think and what you say, you know? So, you know, 
if you're an I can or how can I, you want to learn, like you, you're, you're a how can I kind of guy. Oh, obviously, yeah. I, I'm upstairs in, in your pizza experimentation lab. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, but like it's it's nice to be an how can I guy. You know, and you know what? Every day, not it doesn't have to be like so intense either. It can be even casual. You know, it could be relaxed and say, how can I just sit back and say, how can I improve this and how can I improve that. And little by little, you're gonna have a great spot. And the money's gonna flow, like the money will come in flowing in. Like think about Dominic DeFore, yeah. okay? Dominic DeFore is like the example of a how can I kind of guy, okay? Everybody was making like this very generic pizza. And then Dominic came up with this beautiful, you know, his own little creation, Right. you know? It was his own little thing. It's not even New York pizza. It's no. not. It's, it's Dom's, own, it's it's Dom's, Dom's pizza. And it's Dom's slice. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And he comes out with the basil and the and the fiore di latte mozzarella and you know and it's you know like it's music you know yeah. because there was a guy who said how can I how can I this is what he thought about so how can I improve this well, well I, he turned you know? himself um, you know. The, the biggest misconception about the Ferris is, is that he's been making that pie for 50 no, years. That pie evolved. That pie's, that pie's only... No. I'm going to say it's probably like maybe 15, 20 15 years. years old. Yeah, 15 years. So what happened yeah. was um, um, the story as I understand it, because I, I you know worked with him for a while. I worked with his daughter um, at the place Maggie. they opened. Maggie, where yeah. they opened in the East Village. Yeah. And... It was, he had a partner named Farina, and they were, you know, all the old zips, they always take like a couple weeks, two, three weeks off, and they go back, they go to Italy in August or whatever yeah. in the summer. Oh, yeah. So he used to go every year, and uh, the, the story, partner. I don't know if this is, I might have this story wrong a little bit because I'm repeating it. Yeah, but, it's your say. Yeah. But the, <laughs> The, the story I heard was, uh, you know, from him and his daughter was that, uh, you know, he had this partner, Farina, and they went back to Italy one year, and then he said, Dom, I'm not coming back. I'm staying here, right? So now that whole neighborhood, right, it used to be a very, Midwood was, you know, it was always a Jewish neighborhood, but it was reformed Jews that didn't right. have any problem with eating pizza. Right. And then you had Puerto Ricans, you had Italians, you had like <laughs> a big fun, melting yeah. pot, Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all of a sudden, it had really turned into like a very strictly orthodox neighborhood. And these people, they couldn't eat anything that wasn't kosher. So the pizzeria was doing bad. Um, oh, yeah. He I came back from story, Italy yeah. and he had, uh, you know, while he was in Italy, he was like eating buffalo mozzarella and all this stuff. And he's like, you know what? Why don't I put all this stuff on the pizza? Right. And he got back and he started doing it. And, and it was. You know, nobody was really messing with it. And within like a couple months after he started doing it, and if it wasn't for this, he probably would have went out of business. Village Voice wrote an article and it fucking exploded after That's that. And so now he's funny. got people coming, not only from all around New York, not only from all around New Jersey and upstate and every all the yeah. surrounding areas yeah. and making like kind of pilgrimages to this place but right. he's got people from germany and italy that have yeah, visited new york absolutely. going out to the middle of nowhere um and, you know and dominic is it, i remember him watching him make that pizza okay because i was practicing at the time mm -hmm. all right and i was like here's a guy who just thought out of the box and necessity obviously brought that on you know and necessity brought that on but what i think we what people missed because I remember, I remember at least five places during that time because mm. he was charging four dollars a slice, but right. slices were a dollar seventy-five, 
everybody. Now he grew in incrementally, though. He didn't just go crazy all of a sudden. Yeah, but he it was he always who he had to listen. But he it was always more. crazy. Yeah. I, and that's all anybody talked yeah. about. Even if it was three, no, it but was, he was using Parmigiano Reggiano. I know, but yeah. you know how people oh, are. Oh, I know. They like fuck you. Well, the thing about New York, I always say like to people like that are from other places, they're like, because they'll always say to me. You know, guys from Cali and Midwest and wherever, they're like, well, you're in New York. Of course you're doing good. And I'm like, I'm in the hardest market of the planet. You can open a slice anywhere outside the tri-state area. Like, it, we're excluding Pennsylvania. Yeah. We're excluding Connecticut, Massachusetts, yeah. Yeah, Rhode Island. It ain't so easy. No. No, but you can charge $6. They don't bat an eye. Right. Bro, they're like, thank you for bringing a slice. Because think about it. Two slices of a soda, right? That's a meal, yeah. right? Charge five dollars a slice for a plate pizza. That's uh, ten dollars plus a two dollar soda. Right, yeah. it's twelve bucks. You can't get a meal at McDonald's for less than twelve dollars. So they don't look at it with the same mentality that we do. No, right? You're right. So yeah. All these guys, they thought Dom was getting rich. Meanwhile, what they don't realize is, like, we, we, even us using the best ingredients, we, we have a 30% food cost. Right. He had a 60% food cost, right. even charging double. Right. So all these guys, they tried to, Say you know, he was making all this money. They tried, yeah. yeah, they thought he was making all this money. And I know five wasn't. places yeah. that I know. They, they, I understand they that. try to copy him, thinking, like, oh, I'm going to take and this And they went out of business. All of them out of business in a year. I know. Because the so one thing, expensive. you know what they missed? Not only, I mean, you can argue about the love and the passion and the yeah. thing of that. I mean, the guy invented his style, yeah. and it's his, and everybody knows it's his. But... You can't replicate a 70-year-old Italian guy pulling pies out with his, with his hands. hands. The legend oh, that yeah. went behind the guy. He's like this broken English. He he won't let anybody touch the pizza but him. He's got the Paris the scissors doing it. He, he's pulling Sicilian pies with his bare hands. I know. Like, you if you, if, even if you could get his pizza exact replica, <laughs> even if you could make it 20% better. It doesn't matter. That's only 20% of the game. Right. The other 80% of the game is Dom DeMarco. It's and you're watching not gonna, him and people yeah. would stand there. Lines and nobody would utter a word. And he'd have this system that was not really a good system. No, it was a terrible <laughs> the most system. Inefficient system. Well, well, that's the other thing that people don't realize. They saw the line out the door, right? But it's and they there think because they he had he, no employees. Exactly. And he only had two think, ovens. Do people think he sold 500 pies right, a day? The guy, I'd be surprised pies. if he was doing 60, 70 know, pies a day. I'd be very surprised. Because he's doing it takes him right. five minutes to make a pie. And he's grinding, yeah. the, you know. Grinding the cheese. Like, uh, bro, he had the block of grande like this on the cheese grater. And it's like, bro, just... Shred the fucking cheese. Yeah, the cheese no, is not going to make it any better. better. Oh, but, yeah, but I guess it does. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. But um, yeah. So, so what? Know. What are some of the things like? I don't. I don't. I don't need you to give away your state secrets no, or what, anything. What makes our but pizza yeah, what you makes think? your pizza great? Okay. Well, I think what makes our pizza better is that we use. A really great Pecorino Romano. See, I was going to mention that. We'll I want to see you, and we use it abundantly. Yes, I've okay. seen that. You, you know that. I right? know so that. So we use. We but use, it's also like, it's. It's. It's, it's like a milder. It's a really great quality, but it's, on, it's a younger, milder one because it's not overpowering. No, it's you use. Sharp. I use but, a great sharp 
I use a sharp. I but use the sharp. I'm trying to I think. use I use a sharp. Okay. Pecorino. But it's it, it's, it tastes mild because I taste, use, I'm gonna tell you why. Because it's not overpowered. I remember I I bought you know because you know in Brooklyn like everybody's like Locatelli. Yeah. You need well, to buy the Locatelli. I'm gonna tell you something, bro. It's, I put Locatelli on my pizza one day. They yeah. were throwing the pizza at me. They thought the pizza was. They thought the cheese was off. And I was like, I'll put in what you guys all are oh, raving oh, about. Raving right. about the Locatelli. I think it's, you don't even know what Locatelli tastes like. Right. You just look at the label I and had, then you take it. I had someone say to me, this pizza sucks because it tastes gamey. Because right, they never had real pizza with right. Pecorino yeah. Romano on top of yeah. it. So it's going to have that little little flavor. It's okay. Get, add that you know little zing yeah. to it. So if you're used to eating pizza without, you know, without a nice, sharp, Hard cheese pecorino, and, the, and you're just eating sauce and cheese on dough, sauce and mozzarella on dough. Then when you taste my pizza, you you know, I mean, most people love it. You know, I mean, he was the exception. And you guys are bringing in giant fucking wheels of this yeah, shit we, from we, Italy, we, right? Because this is what we do. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's our pizza is different, primarily because of that. And how you know? long has that been going on? The whole time? My, or you want to know what's funny? Okay. Yeah. So my father during the '60s. Um, I tell you, he was having a lot of problems on the Myrtle Avenue. Yeah. He actually was like, yeah, well, maybe they don't appreciate my pizza. He got mad. He got mad at his customer base, the whole thing. You know, he had, like, a lot of problems. And it was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to get rid of the Pecorino Romano. Okay. So one day he did. Uh Okay. He says, when when it runs out, I'm not going to use it anymore. How do you like that? So a little boy said to him, Sal, call him over. He said, Sal, I love your pizza. But today, your pizza's off. You know, at that moment, my father called the guy. He says, called up his wholesaler, and he ordered Pecorino Romano. And he said, and ever since then, he says, if a little boy could figure out that my pizza's off, then I'm always going to use the Pecorino Romano. So this is like something that, that he's was been it. passionate like he since tried, the beginning. He says, if a little boy, if a little boy, and he was a little boy, could figure out that my pizza was off, then what is my, you know, the customers who don't say anything, like, they, you know what I mean? Like, because a lot of customers, like, I, I've worked in pizzerias where the, where the pizza was not that good, and most customers don't complain. They just leave, and they don't come back. Mm-hmm. So you got to, like, you kind of let, got to left it, because people are nice. They're, yeah. not gonna, they're not gonna say people your pizza. People are generally they're generally nice, generally and good people. People aren't gonna say your pizza yeah. sucks. By the way, I'm no. never coming back. Fucking assholes say that. Right? They're, they're just like gonna that. leave, and you're never gonna see them again. Yeah. You know? So you know you you kind of we're kind of left to figure this out on our own. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that makes our pizza better. Number one, I think what makes our pizza better as well is the way we cook it too. Mm-hmm. You can go into a pizzeria and you see a white pizza. I think that's like that's key. Like you go in there, and I think the ratios also is what we don't use a lot of mozzarella. Not because we're cheap, because we're obviously using the best ingredients, and nobody's using pecorino, okay, which is extremely expensive. But because you put a lot of cheese on a pizza, it doesn't make it better. A lot of people think like when they when they show you that pizza with the spatula, you're pulling and all that cheese pulling from the side. I look at that pizza and I know that's gross. That's not a good slice of pizza. You know, that's not something I want to eat. You got to have a balanced pizza. You know, so I think it's the balance. It's the, the ingredients. It's, it, it, you know, it's about, it's properly proportioning the pizza. It's having that crunch, you know. Um, and I've say, said this before, that pizza's got to, you know, it's got to sing. 
It's got to it's got to speak to you. That pizza's got to be delicious. And you know what? I can watch I watch people eat their pizza and I see how they eat it and I know that it's good. You know what I mean? They they make love to it. You know, they have they having a good time. That's fun. You know what I mean? And that's that's what I want to see, you know. You got to have the passion. You got to listen. Our pizza evolved. It was like Dom DeMarco. You know what I mean? Like we we evolved into making this pizza. We, we there was a lot of things that went into it, you know, and the way we prepared our sauce and the way we, you know, our dough and and how we cooked it and everything. And uh, how we cooked it was always my father. My father was always big into the the thinness and the cooking. Like like uh, my uncle Vinny had a thicker crust round pie, and my dad was insistent that his pizza, his regular pizza, had to be thin, thinner, and. And I, I think that's the way to go, if you ask me. You know, bro, I want, I want some of this pizza right yeah. now. So, like, yeah. did, yeah. um, so you started. Let's let's back up real quick. So you take it over. You did a different thing. Now you have to. You, you stop being a lawyer? Like, how does this well, work? It's, it's, how does this that, even it's happen? It's not that easy. I mean, it's not like you ever stop being a lawyer. You're always a lawyer. You know, it's like, right. it's like ask someone to stop being a doctor. You but know? you don't practice anymore. I do. I do. I shouldn't say. I mean, I do. Yeah. I do. I, there's, there's, you know, there, I, I handle certain matters. I, I don't really like talking about them because they're personal. Sure. You know? But, um, you know, I really don't discuss this really with a lot of people, and I really, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like really, hey, not, that's okay. I'm we really not comfortable with. No, we yeah, don't have yeah. to really talk about it. Yeah, but I'm cool. saying, like, yeah. I mean, at some point, like, I mean, it sounds like even if you're doing some, you know, what I'm saying, something here and there. Well, look at you. I mean, look, let's from being look at a career but lawyer. Look at you. you yeah. You've got how many pizzerias? Come on, talk to me. I mean, I got five. Okay, so there you go. I mean, are you at five places at the same time? No. So there you go. You, you know, you put on your pizza hat. You put on your, you're, they're at different locations, mm -hmm. right? So you're at pizzeria, you put on your pizzeria location A hat, right? Mm -hmm. Then you put your pizzeria location B hat on. And you put yeah. your pizzeria location C hat on. That's kind of what I do. Okay. It's not that much different. I put on, I put on my pizza hat. I put on my lawyer hat. I put All on right. my other. I have other stuff I'm doing. Too. Oh, I didn't know. So, I was under yeah. the. I was under the impression that you just. You, you, yeah, you I mean, I do other it. stuff. I try. I mean, listen. I, I juggle. I have fun. I have. I have family time as well. You yeah. know, you gotta. You gotta do that. hundred percent. You know? But uh, most important thing yeah. was it? There was a guy. Uh, the guy, old man at. Got to make time Deli. for the kids. Yeah. You know? He said. Um, uh, being rich in blood is better than being rich in money. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I like yeah. it really resonated. You I gotta was have like, money too, though. You gotta, you gotta have money. Have money. Yeah. Listen, money, have money, money is yeah. a tool. Yeah. It it's sucks tool. to be completely broke. Yeah, you don't but, want that. But there's a point yeah. where you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it's yeah. like. What do you really need? Like once this you, is you about got, you got a yeah. house. If you, you got, got one day yeah. left, are you gonna say I'm going to work to make money? You're gonna spend it with the kids. Yeah, you're gonna spend it with your, you're gonna it, play video games with your daughter, do whatever you love means, doing. You I know? think what he was trying to say was it's better to be rich in blood than that, to drive around a Mercedes. You know what I'm and saying? And have no, and no, and, and have and, and, and have and, no family. And, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It's, I'm it's, with that. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you could drive around in a Civic yeah. and be and be rich in family, and it's better than to be rich in you absolutely. Know, money. I'm with that 100. Um, no doubt. So yeah. All right, man. I hey. think uh, I think uh, I think we're good. This was amazing. Thank Bro, you. Thank, thank you so you. much I had for such doing a great this. Time, you yeah, know? man. We, we're definitely and gonna do this again. Absolutely. And uh, uh, Joe Riggio. 
New York Pizza Suprema. Um, they've definitely been, uh, uh, you know, awarded top 10 pizza in New York a bunch of times, and deservedly so. Thank and uh, thank, yo, you. thank you so much thank for doing you. this. Thank I you. I really Great appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. We're going to hang out. We're going to go get some drinks, guys. All we'll right. see you later. Bye-bye. Take care.